Today's podcast is brought to you by drinkers like you. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. What comes to mind when you think of rosé? Well, stop thinking that because it's reductive and probably a bit sexist. Unless you were thinking it was just red and white wine mixed, which is not really correct, but doesn't have anything to do with sexism. Rosé is a type of wine with a long history and has been a big hit today. So we're going to pop a cork, pour a glass, and learn something today. Oh, and obviously have a drink. Welcome to Have a Drink, the show where you learn along with us about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. <laughs> hi. Oh, hi, everybody. Uh, is there anything particularly pressing going on today? I, I don't think we've got any any news, and we don't have anywhere to talk about it. <laughs> true, true. No, sorry, I survived. I getting distracted by Mario. But, um... <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like someone's staring over my shoulder. <laughs> It's uh, the audio oh, I feel like somebody's <laughs> watching. It's me. <laughs> there's a for for the audio listeners. There's a uh, a quickly deflating uh, five foot, five tall. foot tall Mario balloon behind Chris. <laughs> it's disconcerting. Uh, yeah. Anyway, we uh, we definitely have a topic to get into today. Do we? Yes, and hopefully this clip will work. Would chop up my rosé, please, Janice? Pharmacist from Warrenwood. Oh, Clara. All the scandalous Cheers. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was uh, the only clip I could think of. No, <laughs> I was like, well, I we're appreciate getting Roy it. Kent in here, it's fine. He's here, he's there, he's... Every effing where. Yeah, I was trying to figure out if, if I should go full... Full F bomb or not, but anyway, uh, rose. Rose is what happens when the skins of grapes touch wine for only a short time. <laughs> that feels like it's some some grape skin over the shirt action. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I was like, what's the weirdest way to think of this? Uh, anyway, see, I've just had. Uh... We talked pre-show. Uh, Rosé to, or yeah, just insert it into Jolene. <laughs> I'm still like, how did that connection happen? Okay. Rosé, 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 Rosé. Because my mind is always searching for a joke, and then it, it's like, oh, that works so well in there, but then that's where the joke, it just stops. So you're <laughs> like, it doesn't go anywhere else. There's no, there's no meat on those bones. Like, I'm drinking you because of my man. <laughs> 
doesn't quite flow as well, but anyway. Uh, where some red wines ferment for weeks at a time on red grape skins, uh, rosé wines are stained red <laughs> for just a few hours, which... <laughs> Yeah. I just like like stained red. Yeah, it feels like he just spilled some wine in there. And, Oops! <laughs> Oops! All red. The wine ranker has a com- has complete control over the color of the wine and removes the red grape skins, the source of the red pigment, when the wine reaches the perfect color. I like to imagine there's a trap door and you just gotta go pull. <laughs> because of this, uh, nearly any red red wine grape, red red wine grape. Uh, from Cabernet Sauvignon to uh, to Syrah uh, can be used to make rosé. But there are several common styles and grapes that are preferred. Uh, there are three major ways to produce rosé wine. Uh, skin contact. Gross. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to say this. I'm sorry. Sangne. Sangne. Uh, and blending. Uh they can be made still semi-sparkling or sparkling uh, and with a wide range of sweetness levels. Uh, besides a few such uh, rare examples such as uh, rosé from Band- uh, Bandol, France, you should expect to drink rosé within a year of its release. Hmm. Casey, you're still good on that one that you had. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not bad. Um, and that makes sense uh, even more for the brand because of... We'll get into it when we get to what we're doing. <laughs> just way, way ahead of ourselves here. Streets ahead. Pierce would say. I was just going to say, the sanguine, uh comes from sanguination. Mm-hmm. Same word means bleed. Or blood. Yeah. That's what that was running through my mind. I was like, it can't mean that, can it? Oh, yeah. Because French. Because it's... <clears throat> I'm just picturing a 10-foot-tall, power-armored... Flowing blonde-haired, red-armored. <laughs> See, I was Never thinking mind. the power metal band that <laughs> has the Power Wolf, and they have the song uh, "We Drink Your Blood." Ah, yeah. Good. Well, there you go. No, sorry. Power Wolf would definitely be Lehman Russ, not not <laughs> Penquinius. Uh, anyway, uh, it's likely that many of the earliest red wines. Who thought we were going to throw Warhammer 40k into a rosé episode? <laughs> I didn't when I woke up this morning. Oh, we need a 40k rosé. Space. <laughs> 40k rosé. I mean, what you said just spewed perfection. See. Mm. Space Nazis. They make their way into everything. Uh, anyway, it's likely many uh, many of the earliest red wines were made closer in appearance to today's rosés than they would to two modern red wines. Uh, it's because winemaking techniques used to make today's darker, more tannic red wines, such as extended maceration and harder pressing, were not widely practiced in ancient winemaking. Uh, both red and white wine grapes uh, were often pressed as, uh, pressed soon after harvest with very little maceration time, by hand, feet, or even sackcloth, uh, creating juices uh, that uh, was only lightly pigmented. Why? You said that I just got... He-Man in my head for some reason. Sackcloth? No. The, <laughs> by hand, feet, and the oh. <laughs> I have the power! The power. <laughs> a stinky... I have the rosé. Stinky foot. <laughs> and that just, for some reason, seems skeletal. Like, 
Skeletor just sitting there with a glass of rosé going. <laughs> oh, too good. It's a weird, weird day today, guys. Apparently, um, here we are sipping on rosé. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was an understanding uh, as early as the ancient Greek and Roman winemakers that harder press uh, pressing and letting the juices sit for a period with the skins would make darker, heavier wines. Is that what the but kids result- call letting it soak? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but the resulting wine was often considered too harsh and less desirable. That said, they were drinking that stuff from morning till night <laughs> and cutting it with water. Like, they weren't... <laughs> probably not the best to do the full red that point. If anyone was going to have a rosé, it was probably the Romans. This sentiment lasted well into the Middle Ages uh, when pale clarets from the Bordeaux uh, from the Bordeaux I'm sorry, just trying to see if I could make Brittany stroke out. The mighty Bordeaux? (laughs) (laughs) Bordeaux fly together. Uh, No, uh, the pale clarets in the Bordeaux, Bordeaux were starting to gain a, uh, the world's attention to the powerful English market. The most prized clarets were, uh, wa- uh, were according to wine historian Hugh Johnson, uh, the Vin de Nuit, or the wine of one night. Yeah. All right. Uh, because you drink so much of it in one night, you'll never drink it again. <laughs> uh, anyway, these were pale co- uh, rosé-colored wines made from juices that, allow- that was allowed only a single night of skin contact. Still not <laughs> not making it sound better. Nope. Just one ah. Uh, they should they should have one of these and they should just call it the one night stand. Um <laughs> the darker wine produced from must that had longer skin ta- contact were known as Vin Vermelet uh, or Pippin to the English. <laughs> I'm just picturing uh the took or a brandy book. Pippin. Oh. Took. 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 Yeah, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure he was the Took, and the other one was the... Anyway. Took. Uh, also, if your uh, prolonged skin contact is giving you a bad must, see your doctor. <laughs> if must continues for more than... <laughs> what's the, more what's than four our, hours. What's our medication for must? <laughs> we'll get there, I'm sure. Anyway, the the Vin Vermeer, the the Pippin, uh, was considered to be of much less quality, uh, so darker wines weren't sought after. I guess when rosé wine uh, is the primary product, it is produced with the skin contact method. Black skin grapes are crushed, and the skins are allowed to, to remain in contact with the juices for a short per- period, typically between two and twenty hours. That's some variance. <laughs> hmm. Any time in there, uh, you know. That's that's either. Uh, Oh, did I leave the oven on? Or uh, why not go for twenty? Why not do it a whole day? But anyway, the grape must is then pressed and the skins discarded rather than left in contact throughout fermentation. When winemakers want, uh, when a winemaker wants a red wine to have more tannin and color, some pink juice from the must can be removed in an early stage in what is known as the sa- the sangani French for bleeding. Uh, red wine. Uh, remaining in the vats is intensified as a result of the bleeding because the volume of the juice in the must is reduced. The must involved uh, uh, involved in the maceration becomes more concentrated. The pink juice uh, that is removed can be fermented separately to produce rosé. 
Simple mixing of red and white wine to impart color is uncommon and is discouraged in most wine-growing regions, especially in France, where it's forbidden by law. Uh, <laughs> except in Champagne. They, sure. it, champagne, they do what they want. Champagne. Uh, even in Champagne, uh, the several high-end producers do not use this method, but rather the Sangani. All right. Well, similarly, in the early history of Champagne, the wines produced from this region during the Middle Ages were nothing like the sparkling white wines associated with the region today. Instead, they were pale red and even pinkish with some champions. <laughs> I was reading that as uh, champenois. Champenois. Champion. Winemakers using elderberries. Oh, yeah. Those French and their elderberries. <laughs> to add more red color, it's a bad old money pot. I was just, joke. no, all I could think of was like, yeah, their mother was a hamster and their father <laughs> smelled of elderberries. <laughs> Silly English connigates. <laughs> I fought in your general direction. Uh, to add more red color to the wines as they competed with the wines of Burgundy for the lucrative <laughs> Flemish wine trade. Uh, Good old Burgundy. <laughs> In the 16th, anyone just like just tuning in will be like, I'm so sorry. Are, the hell are these people all about? <laughs> it's like, well, you missed <laughs> the Burgundy episode. Uh, in the 16th and 17th century, the region achieved some acclaim for their white wines made from Pinot Noir grapes, but rather than <clears throat> actually being white, these wines were instead a pale grayish pink. <laughs> that doesn't sound appealing at all. No. <laughs> that was reminiscent of a partridge's eye. And earned the nickname, oh, God. Uh, no, that's not the nickname. Um, some, yeah, nickname, something rather de, I, I don't know, Padre. It's an O and a capital E, like. Smushed. Mushed together. It's Swiss. So, Swiss German, I guess. Damn Swiss. Uh, a style of rosé still being produced in Switzerland. Yeah. Mm. Uh, well, I in, assume it's Swiss German. I don't know. Well, in the late 17th century, uh, that word again. Champenois. Champenois. Just guessing. Uh, aided by the work of Dom Perignon, uh, learned how to better separate the skins from the must and produce truly white wines from red wine grapes. So some some real alchemy stuff going say, on. Which I also, I, I learned a lot in this episode, actually. <laughs> Even as Champenois moved towards producing sparkling wines, they continued to produce both sparkling and still rosés, often by means of blending a small amount of red wine to color up an already made white wine. The depth of color was dependent on the amount of red wine added, with the red wine having more influence on the resulting flavor of the wine if added in larger volumes. That sounds like a giant duh. Hmm, <laughs> if we add more red wine, it improves the flavor. Weird. Strange that. By the way, Brittany, how much uh, how much wine mouth are you getting from uh, from rosé? I have to say, this is uh, <laughs> this is more appealing to me because of the lack of wine mouth. <laughs> Even though I do prefer red wines, if I'm going to have wine at all. Do the red red wines make you feel so fine? <laughs> yes, indeed. The the red red ports get you tanked. <laughs> they do. Uh, in the early 1970s, demand for white wine exceeded the availability of white wine grapes. So many California producers made white, with quotes, wine from red grapes. 
in a form of God, that word keeps coming back. Sanguine, I guess. Sanguine. Uh, if it's produ- sanguination, I assume it's sanguine. <laughs> uh, production with minimal skin contact. In 1975, Sutter Holmes, white Zinfandel uh, wine, experienced a stuck fermentation, a problem in which the yeast goes dormant, Ooh. or in some cases <laughs> dies off before all the sugar is turned into alcohol. Winemaker Bob Trinchero. Uh, put it aside for two weeks, then upon tasting it, decided to sell the pinker, sweeter wine. <laughs> I like the idea of going, look, I have two options. I can take a whole loss or just see how it sells. <laughs> Ship it anyway. What about quality control, sir? What about my bottom line? <laughs> Comes the- back. <laughs> we don't make We don't make the other kind anymore. In fact, add sugar. The old, uh, I like I like the guys at Pringles. It's like on when it came to shipping day, a bunch of tennis They're, ball tubes showed up, and they said, "F it, fill them up." <laughs> them up. <laughs> oh, Mitch Hedberg. Oh, okay. That does sound like one of his jokes, actually. <laughs> well, in 1976, wine writer Jerry D. Mead visited Mill Creek Vineyards in Sonoma. <laughs> Of course, he's a wine writer with the last day made. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things, you can't make this up. <laughs> Visited Mill Creek Vineyards in Sonoma County, California. Charles Creek. That's an, I'm going to say that's another one. Creek. I don't uh, know. I'm guessing. I'm just I'll, I'll, giving no, both options. I like Creek because it, it keeps with our current, you know, they have. It's like, how, what are the odds? Alcohol last names. Uh, had been on the first to plant Cabernet Sauvignon vines in California. And offered Mead a wine made from Cabernet that was a pale pale. But look, that's getting real confusing. <laughs> offered Mead offered a wine. Jerry. Wait, who? They're offering liquids, liquids. What's happening over there? <laughs> I heard you like wine. But he offered Mead a wine made from Cabernet that was a pale pink and not yet named. Craig would not call it white Cabernet as it was much darker in color than red grape white wines of the time, though not as dark as the rosés he had known. He jokingly suggested the name Cabernet Blush. Later that evening, he phoned Craig to say he no longer thought the name to be a joke. <laughs> I, I like that idea. He's like, you know, call it Cabernet Blush. <laughs> a couple hours later, no. No, it's brilliant. <laughs> I'm going to copyright I, that. And, in fact, and if you tell anyone else, I'll sue you. In 1978, Crack trademarked the word blush. <laughs> the name caught on as a marketing name for the semi-sweet wines <laughs> from producers such as Sutter Home and Behringer. Today, blush, wines, uh, blush wine appears on wine lists more often as a category rather than a specific wine. In 2010, Mill Creek produced a rosé wine for the first time in years, although Jeremy Crack, Charles's grandson and current winemaker, chose not to use the blush name. Hmm. Although blush originally referred to a color pale pink, it now tends to indicate a relatively sweet pink wine, typically with 2.5% residual sugar, in North America, dry pink wines are usually marketed as rosé, but sometimes as blush. In Europe, almost all pink wines are referred to as rosé, regardless of sugar levels, even semi-sweet ones from California. 
As the term rosé regained popularity in the U.S. market, shares of wine-labeled blush declined from 22% of all wines consumed in the U.S. in 1997 to 15% in 2003. It's a... That's a quick turnaround. That's a hefty it, loss from nothing power, but a power name. Of marketing too. Yeah. It's it's Behringer White Zen. Yeah. I mean that's that's the entire market. One yeah, I was gonna say once once Behringer's White Zen and you know once they come out you can have as many competitive you know as many copy versions of that too. And it's just yep. like yeah. So like when you when you've got the Behringer White Zen gets real popular really crazy and then. Well, I've I've now switched over to wine, so what else is there that's actually adult? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was always a joke when I worked at Don Pablo's because people would come in and like, ask for wine and like some of the, some of the other servers were like, we have Behringer. Like, <laughs> what do you guys, you're at a Mexican restaurant, <laughs> you're like a Tex-Mex place. Like. Behringer has other wines that aren't. White Zinfandel. It's just that the name, like their their brand, is just not. <laughs> what are you doing yeah. going to a Mexican restaurant? This is, the, yeah, going. You, I, can I see your wine list? It's like no, you should be getting the Lotzerita. That's the size of your head. No, you <laughs> should be getting you should be getting milk, and then ordering the spiciest food on the menu, True. and accepting the consequences later that night. <laughs> That is where I discovered my love for Cholula. So, okay. Um, so the process of of rosé making. So as mentioned previously, the we're gonna say sanguine method of winemaking is the practice of removing or bleeding off uh, some of the juice from the must in order to more deeply concentrate the phen- phenolics, color, and flavor of the red wine. Good news, guys. Uh, rosés bleed means we can kill it. <laughs> Uh, it has a long history of use in the French wine regions of Bordeaux and Burgundy, but wasn't always used for rosé production. For some red winemakers, the juice bleed-off is simply poured down the drain, or used as topping wine, which I didn't know existed, to fill the... Uh, ullage? Ullage? I don't know. Uh, the headspace of barrels and tanks during storage. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Like you don't have, yeah. Yeah. All like, right. Eh, just throw it in. So you, you get angel share from wine, and ah. they just want to keep the barrels topped up. Yeah. yeah. So ah. get something that's got a little bit of whatever, just to make sense. Uh, its use ah. in rosé production is sometimes considered an afterthought as a way to increase cash flow by producing a second, sometimes consider, or sorry, a second wine to a primary red wine that can be released much sooner and available to market. While many wineries have been able to produce critically acclaimed rosé using the sanguine method, its, used, its use has provoked criticism from wine personalities such as Francois Milo, president of the Province Wine Council, uh, who claim that sanguine method rosés are not true rosés because the bleeding process, which is not pressed with the must, is more of an afterthought. Uh, another method of producing rosé is to severely decolorize a red wine using absorbent charcoal, such as activated <laughs> carbon. Uh, this purer form of charcoal obtained by the dry distillation of carbon compounds, such as wood or peat, has a high ratio of surface area to weight that absorbs color compounds as well as other phenolics and colloids in a wine. I want to do... A weird experiment episode <laughs> where we buy 
a lot of water filters. Yeah. Are we, are we going to do the... Oh. We do vodka. Yeah. We do, we do yeah. wine. Uh, and yes. we try to see how we can refine what, yeah. what we can do. Like this. That's, that's a special episode right there. It's uh, easy. Easily done. We could do that. Yeah, I gonna say I don't think it's a difficult one to do. I just think it would be fun to kind of like. Oh well, yeah. yeah. Oh, so we make our our own have a drink, uh, basically bathtub wine by filtering it down. <laughs> uh, so you say bathtub wine? No, I'm thinking like no. We have have a drinks. We left our Welsh's in the in the in the cabinet too long with some yeast. Uh, <laughs> as long as we don't do it in. Uh... Like bajillion degree heat and humidity, like we did that one at Casey's that time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when we did the the the, 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 in the garage, and it was like raining, and then like ninety percent humidity, and yeah, we all got really drunk really fast because we're like, hey, here's all these huge barrel aged beers. Let's yeah, <laughs> that was the great hot pellet tasting. <laughs> it was. Um, yeah, <sighs> we yeah. brew We were brewing that same day too. Yeah, that was yeah. Yeah, we never released anything we recorded from that because the sound was horrendous. The, the audio was oh, unusable, sure. and we yeah. all got we got trashed, and it was just like oh. <laughs> but we were live streaming, I think. Yeah, if yeah. You caught yeah. the live stream of that. Well, good for you. <laughs> Otherwise, we buried you could barely audio. hear us. Yeah, yeah we buried Cause... that audio. All right. Well, so uh, while it can be used to decolorize a wine, often much more than just color is stripped from the wine which makes this method very rarely used in the production of quality rosés. Well, Same, we get a we get a very full body full body wine is as you know heavy as you can think of and just put it through a yeah put it through a filter. I mean, yeah, we need to put that on the list. Uh, while on the topic of color, the paint color of a rosé can range from a pale quote onion skin orange to a vivid near purple depending on the grape varieties used and winemaking techniques. Usually, the wine is labeled rosé in French, Portuguese, and English-speaking countries, rosado in Spanish, and rosato uh, in Italian. I mean, basically just rose in all of them. Yeah, probably. Uh, Except fancier, you know. A rose Um, by any name. (laughs) Most wine grapes produce clear or colorless juice. This includes such well-known red wine grape varieties as Cabernet Sauvignon and Pinot Noir. The color in red wine grapes comes from phenolics in the skin called oh, anthocyanins question mark uh, that react with other components in wine such as tannins, um, acetaldehyde, and pyruvic acid uh, to form poly- guys. This I why did I get all the words? Um, <laughs> you polymeric it. pigments. You, yeah. you gave me French. True. Okay. Fair. Uh, the uh, anthocyanins are extracted from the skin during the process of maceration, which can last from a few hours in the case of some rosés, which usually only have 20 to 50 uh, milligram or milliliters, wait, milligrams per liter? Is that what that means? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, of the anthocyanins, that, that word, um, to several days in the case of most red wines, um, which often have in excess of 250 milligrams per liter. Just a bit more. Um, according to uh, Conseil Interprofessionnel de Vin de Provence in France, 
Roses in Provence display one of these different colors. Melon or cantaloupe, uh, peach, red currant, grapefruit, mango, or mandarin. Mango. <laughs> I can't ever, ever say the word without hearing that in my head after it. Um, many studies have shown that the color of wine influences consumers' perception about the wine. Look, it's Chris Catan's best Saturday Night Live. It really is. Like, recurring character, that or Mr. Peepers. One of those yeah. two. Uh, while these studies have shown that consumers tend to prefer the appearance of darker rosés in blind taste testing, which we've learned is the best thing to do, uh, consumers prefer the lighter colored rosés. For these reasons, many rosé winemakers are mindful of the color quality of their rosé and make winemaking decisions based on this factor. This includes the extent of maceration, whether or not to sanguine from a darker red wine, and even to do a color adjustment by blending in some finished red wine in order to reach the desired color. <laughs> Sir, we accidentally made a white wine. Uh, pour a little Cabernet in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, <clears throat> there are listed out here on the varietals um, of of kind of the. Um, main grape, if you will, that's going to be in a um, in most of these traditional rosés. Um, and there are four to kind of talk about pretty heavily. Grenache, Pinot Noir, Sangiovese, and Syrah are the um, the four main grape varietals that you're going to find in rosés. So Grenache, uh, one of the top varieties of Province Rosé blends. You also find it in northern Spain, which is called Grenache Rosado. It has very strawberry, raspberry, watermelon candy, lemonade with cucumber flavors to it. Um, they yeah, have a you burst. almost had me, and then you said <laughs> cucumber, and I was like, no. Oh, I love cucumber and drinks. Yeah. It's I, the best. Look, I like pickles. <laughs> I'm still upset that I didn't get uh, when Urban Artifact did um, the hotel oh. water beer. Oh, uh, I, we're going to do a quick aside. It's craft beer week here in Lexington. Oh. And they had a, uh, there's a collaboration Void did with the Rock House or some, someone in town. But they did a uh, Wasabi Gosa. Mm-hmm. Oh. Don't breathe out your nose. No, it's it. It's not that spicy. It, okay. it has a spicy that's kind of like peaks very quickly. Not even enough for you to even really. Hit, it's just enough for like a flavor and a small kick, and then it just bottoms out into like you know like a, a, a sweet, like flavorful kind of uh, salty finish. Mm. Uh, and it makes me think not 100 percent in flavor, but in kind of like the aftertaste of like a very spicy pickle. Mm. Like a hot, like a, yeah. Okay. So it, I, I had some of that Friday, and it was. Mm. I have debated getting into wasabi actually, making. Actually, when I had that, I'm pretty sure uh, Justin went. You, we need to get some of this for Casey. Oh, <laughs> please. Um, the, wasabi that you get at, you, at all your restaurants nowadays. Horseradish. Yeah. yeah, it's it's just colored and and flavored a little bit differently. Um, and traditional wasabi 
it takes a long time to grow, and once you grade it, it loses its spiciness in just a few hours, really. Um, so you're not going to get it. It has to be freshly graded or else you're not going to get it. But it's outrageously expensive to buy. And right. so it's grown in these shaded brooks and streams, and I've really debated taking my aquariums and doing a hydroponic setup with wasabi to see how it works. I thought you were just going to say you're going to take it out back, put put some like planter trees around like the creek out back. And... Yeah, just right on the big sandy. We're just going to go right in there and, and do big sandy sabi. <laughs> oh, <laughs> named it big sandy. There you sabi. go. <laughs> uh, but uh, I don't know. It's always been a very interesting vegetable or or herb. I, don't, I guess it's a vegetable at that point. It's a root veg. Um, you just eat very little of it. But anyways, back to the Grenache. Back to, back to Rosés. Um, so you're going to find that Grenache uh, will bring a sweet red fruit flavor and finish that usually ends with a zesty, sweet, lemony-like uh, acidity. Uh, again, with all these Rosés, you're going to find that acidity being balanced is going to be one of the key things to making a good Rosé. Um, white wines have uh, acidity kind of as a key flavor component, and so uh, you definitely want to look for that in, in some Rosés. Food pairings for this one, the Grenache is going to be best paired with aromatic spices and nightshades. So tomato, eggplant, red peppers, um, any of those, those pepper plants or eggplants or anything that's going to grow on that, that, that type of, of nightshade plant that you're not actually supposed to eat the plant yourself or itself. You're just eating the, the fruit of it. Um, Look to Morocco, the Middle East, and India for cuisine inspiration. That's interesting. You know what? I never yeah. thought about trying to have rosé and like spicy curry or something. Mm. I'm, that I'm would be good. I'm intrigued by this, honestly. I would, uh, I'd be willing to drink some with some, if I can get that, some and some naan. Some <laughs> rosé and potatoes. Mmm. Potatoes, so, I mean, a member of the Nightshade family. Oh, uh, I was like, what? Oh. That's why you don't eat <laughs> But you said that, and I'm just like, I mean, I guess. yeah, sure. That's but why I'll, you can't, I'll, I'll, I'll eat anything with potatoes. You're not supposed <laughs> to eat green potatoes because they'll kill you. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Basically, you've got Isn't it Nightshade funny? families, and you've got cabbage families, and that's pretty much the two <laughs> garden varieties that are out there. Uh, I mean, there are things that vine and grow on, like peas and, and beans and things like that. They're all different, but... Um, I guess those are legumes, though, so they're kind of in their own too. Um, Welcome to have a have a garden. That'll be a special yeah, segment. Um, okay, keep talking. I have to do some research on whether a pea is a legume. So when you, um, uh, that's interesting that they it comes from Provence, so in France, Provence, um, Provence. Um, I, I use my herbs to Provence all the time, <laughs> and so it's basically like Italian herbs plus lavender. Um, but Beans, peas, and lentils are legumes. So, yeah. There you go. But it goes well with uh, with those Middle Eastern spices, which I do not consider to be very similar to uh, those the French foods. No. Uh, maybe just because they all like salsas in their foods. Um, Pinot Noir is the second grape that you're going to see pretty heavily in in um, in your Rosé wines. I feel like they grow like a metric, you know, ton per like ten feet in France of Pinot Noir. <laughs> um, well, I can take a look at that and see. Just, and, and just in general, I feel like it's like the most common grape I hear of. It probably is with what's exported to the U.S. 
as a standalone grape. So it's a France hearty is grape. France is really known to like take most of their grapes and blend them into specific. So you don't get a Pinot Noir, you get a Bordeaux, which has mm-hmm. Merlot and I think and some of these other you know may have Grenache in there as well. But it, it's a set blend, and so Pinot Noir may be one of those where they just like okay, we're going to export this, but it's just going to be Pinot Noir. We're not going to call it anything fancy. Um, it is a finicky grape, grows best in cool climates with lots of inclement weather. Uh, sometimes the vintages are so miserable winemakers table their red wine projects and make rosé with it instead, though. Uh, so you're not going to get the same complexity. You may be be finding that the skins are bringing things to it that you don't like. Um, so instead of leaving it on there for a long time, pull it off and call it a rosé. Um, and boy, are they fantastic, it says here. Yeah, I Strawberry, orange zest, lemon zest, watermelon, celery, and white cherry. Uh, sound pe- awful. <laughs> Pinot Noir is usually made into a lean, dry style that bursts with aromas, but tend to be more delicate in their taste. You can pair it up with uh, French spices like thyme or the Herbe de Provence blends. Um, these green and floral spices will bring out the sweeter fruit flavors of this delicate wine. Yeah, because the Herbe de Provence tend to be a little bit woody. Uh, in their flavor profile. Additionally, California Pinot usually has enough body to match up with summer corn dishes like succotash or corn chowder. I want some corn fritters right now. Uh, San Giovese is the next uh, grape that you're going to see, and this grape is pretty prominent in Italy. Uh, it's the top grape variety in one of the most underappreciated and undervalued rosé grapes there are out there. Oddly, this wine's still somewhat tricky uh, to come by in Italy. It's usually labeled as a rosato, which is the Italian wine way, or the Italian way of just saying pink. Uh, has sweet cherry, wild strawberry, raspberry, allspice, clove, cumin uh, flavors. Italian Sangiovese is a burst of red fruits that are complemented by subtle, meaty spice notes. Food pairings would be good with, uh, it, it, since it's a bold enough wine, it could handle a variety of foods that would normally be problematic for white wine specifically. Um, the rosé will pair wonderfully with Chinese food. Thai curries and Italian favorites like caprese salad and prosciutto. Um, huh. Spoiler alert: I'm having uh, a wine of this style tonight, and on the back of the bottle it says, uh, "Well, no, it wasn't on the back of the bottle." Apparently, anyways, it was it was in the tasting notes for that that they gave. It was talking about these same exact flavors. It was saying, huh. you "Pair with prosciutto and caprese." Pair it with Italian foods. Um, of course, it's an Italian wine, so that makes sense. Yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm intrigued by the Thai curry and Chinese food thing, though. Like, oh yeah, Sangiovese and some and what like lo mein or something. Yeah, I was literally thinking lo mein. I'm just like, yeah, give me some like chicken lo mein, and I mean, I'll try it. The one, well, I'll get all this all this bit. section of this episode is doing is just making me hungry. Because they need to do a food pairing with beer and food pairing with wine, like. Food pairing yeah. series or something. For sure. I like this idea a lot. <laughs> um, the the acidity that you're going to get in a lot of rosés is going to help with spicy foods, but also with very heavy dishes that are creamy or heavy sauces. It's going to cut that and clean the palate and kind of get you ready for that next bite, which is kind of nice. Um, Syrah 
It's uh, doozy as a red wine, which is flavor is kind of rich and oily almost in texture. There'll be some of the meatiest pink whites you'll ever drink. Wow. So the meatiest of the bunch, Syrah Rosé, will exude white pepper, red pepper flake, cured meats, and cherry flavors with a backbone of bitter lime zest. Not your typical fruity rosé wines. Um, this one. When I hear meaty, I hear umami flavors. When I hear meaty, I he, uh, I think of Invader Zim, and I hear <laughs> meats of evil. Um. When you're eating or drinking this, look for foods from the south of France, northern Italy, northern Spain, for inspiration, including roast vegetables, linguine, niquoise salad, uh, lemon garlic shrimp, and paella. Uh, those, again, big, heavy meal-type foods, um, especially like the paella. Uh, you're going to get a lot of, of kind of body and and flavor to cut through those big meats God, or big meals me hungry you are <laughs> i've never wine. had paella so i'm i'm Ooh. i'm thinking of that episode of uh because like i'm not really like i'm thinking of of someone trying to ask for like what rosé would go well with a steak uh <laughs> and, based yeah well one like probably that but no, i'm just thinking of the episode of parks and rec where uh craig the 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 yelling guy uh, yeah. I can't remember the actor's name, but you, you would know him if you saw him. Uh, yeah, where he's like their sommelier. <laughs> <laughs> they try to like talk him through, like, I just need you to like not yell at the customers when they ask for something stupid. And so, like, they run them through the, the, through the test of like, I'd like, I'd like uh, ice cubes in my uh, in my red wine, and I'd like, uh, you know. Uh, red with my fish and something else, and he he comes back with like suggestions, and then he goes into a different room that's you know just like a glass wall. It's great. Like, why did you just stab me in the eye? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that's that. I don't even drink wine that regularly, but those that that just hurt me. It's like. <laughs> I know you don't do red wine with fish and like the ice cubes thing. Ice cubes shouldn't be anywhere near alcohol. Just stop it. They can tell that to smoke. They can. Oh, shots fired. Uh, no, it's a I. Unless it's a margarita, I guess. Look, daiquiris. Ice has to be all in your daiquiris. Okay. Ice shouldn't be in wines of any kind. Shouldn't or... be in, in, in a straight alcohol. Like, no like, no cocktails. Okay, Mixed drinks only. Like, it, like, sangria? Yeah, I guess that's the point, isn't it? But yeah. At the same... Well, sangria, I would consider a cocktail. It's a yeah, it's, wine it's like and other stuff. All the other and you garnish it. Just wines and whiskeys. Just stop it. Don't No ice. Uh, <sighs> well. Like, there was a... I was watching a video of the deal guy on YouTube about the best thing, things to get at Costco uh, this month. And it's like a flipping huge Kirkland brand bottle of sangria. And I was like, <laughs> I want that. I, I just want that. Just because. I just want to chug that. They do, their Kirkland brands are so good on the alcohol side. Yeah. We still I remember, you talk, we remember us talking about this, and I don't really drink their wine, but me and Casey, had, I, think, I think it was me and you talking about like just well, good they, budget wine. They sourced mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of their stuff from Jefferson's and it's true. What else? Like a, a lot of their bourbons and whiskeys are sourced from 
great. Like, amazing. Say, I'm not still. even surprised we, because all the other Kirkland brand things are awesome. We we, we, uh, we watched a thing about that. We were like, they were trying to guess where it was, where it was sourced from for <laughs> some of the Kirkland stuff. And even their like scotches are, are good run scotches. I mean, they're mm-hmm. blends for the most part, yeah. but they're, they're still good scotches. Huh. Um, I like the fact that when you go and you buy, let, let's say you're looking and you're buying a bottle of just random Woodford Reserve, whatever, just some standard that you can find just about everywhere. Instead of them selling you a 750, they always sell the liter bottles if it's available. And they sell it for about the same price that the 750 is. Yep. Because Costco. Because Costco. Because you can't beat the price. Like, that's yep. flat out. <laughs> I would also, just live, live, move from Costco to Target and just live I'm in s- both those places. I'm just yeah. still flabbergasted. My brother, who I question being blood now, uh, <laughs> hated on everything from the food court. At Costco. Oh. He had never been, so he went to the food court and got one of everything. He was like, he's like, I was only out six bucks. He's like, I didn't like any of it. He's like, the hot dog was awful. He's like, the pizza wasn't any good. And I was just like, I don't even think we're related. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> I, I also have not been. And then, I actually have not been inside of a Costco. So. He followed up with he had to throw it all away and then go to Sam's Club to the food court to get something to eat. And that, that so was, oh. like what? No, absolutely not. I have I have been inside of a Sam's Club, but we're I changing. Did not this. know they had. I did not know they had a food court. <laughs> Week from today, Bob, we're changing this. You oh, gotta, totally. No, their pizza is. Their pizza is so I, good. Oh. No, the the no is I don't want to deal with the chaos of the Lexington Costco parking lot. Oh, just go, it's, <laughs> go it's, in the morning. It's, it's basically Mad Max out there. I'm pretty sure I saw someone out there like dangling in long johns with a flaming guitar. <laughs> it's a very odd parking lot because the the direction of the spots changes <laughs> about three times. That's all Costco parking lots. Like they are set up purposely to be a maze like that. I'm thinking just to keep people tied up in the parking lot so that it's decreasing the, you know, volume of customers. They're like, look, we can't handle everyone at once. We need you confused for about a half hour in the parking lot first. <laughs> confused getting in. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Confused getting out too. You have you seen the gas station? Like it's all busy as hell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've been I've been called out at the gas station once or twice. Oh wow! Because I go in and I pull up and and start to pump my fuel and they're like, "Sir, you have to turn your vehicle off." Oh, <laughs> you like, do do that. You're like, one of those I, people. Yeah, every time I like when we've been somewhere, the car is still running. I just look at it like I'm gonna die, <laughs> and I'll still be in the passenger seat, just going like, "This is just how I go out." <laughs> Uh, I figured. I thought there was a MythBusters on that one. No, the MythBusters was that the static sparks not going to ignite. Well, no, uh, static spark will ignite it. Cell phones won't. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so it's best uh, you got to discharge a, a, the static a, by a, yeah. touching the body first, and then start pumping your gas. And your cell phone, like despite what the stickers say, doesn't do crap. And and <laughs> actively burning. Uh, 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 yeah, an actually functioning engine where you know ignition is happening. No, that's a death trap. Uh, <laughs> you've you've taken my life in in your hands a number of times. <laughs> so on that note, we you're still here. Talk about what we're drinking. I know. I'm actually very resentful for that. <laughs> Drink with me, friend. So this is the airing of the grievances. It's a late festivus. <laughs> uh, Bob.
office uh, airing out his grievance with Casey <laughs> over the leaving the car running while putting gas in it and him being in the car. I'm telling you, Costco's going to make up for it, Bob. Costco's totally worth it. Look, Casey's made up for it in a lot of other ways. This is just, I, I have not had an opportunity to, to air this grievance. It's it. what Festivus is for. It's mm. Festivus for the rest of us. Uh, all right. Um, yeah. So, uh, what what are you rosé drinkers drinking today? So the now empty bottle of cupcake. Yeah, I that I tracks. didn't even bother looking because that, that one episode I can't remember what even what it was now. I know it was a New we Zealand. We had the cupcake wine. It was oh, a New yeah. Zealand wine, but it was supposed to be, and this is tracking with what we learned today. It's supposed to be fresh, and that so that apparently that brand just like knocks it out of the park with the fresh styled wines. Was it cupcake? No, Mar. Marlboro. Yeah. Marlboro. Yeah. Flavor Country. I was about Flavor to say Country. Country. I was like, that's, uh, Were you a- trying to think of what it was called and you kept going, uh, not camels. <laughs> I'm just uh, like, uh, I know it's Flavor Country. That's where we're going. It was a very pretty bottle and stuff. But yeah, so we got the, this one's sparkling. Um, but it was corked for some reason, which is yeah. weird. That's unusual for a cupcake, I think. Yeah. Aren't they usually twist offs? It's usually, yeah, screw tops. Was it a uh, cork like a? It was Cajun mushroom, cork. mushroom. So okay, yeah, Cajun yeah. cork. Um, which I mean, that's I, I guess because it was carved. I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that'll be why. That um, that makes more sense. This doesn't say oh. like the, you know what what grapes were used or whatever, but um, it says blah 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 blah. blah. Lightly kissed by red grapes. <laughs> um. So. The, as far as the flavor profile goes, it says uh, flavors of wild strawberry, fresh raspberry, and mandarin orange with subtle floral notes. Sure. I mean, mine had subtle notes of frozen bombsicle. Yeah. Somebody committed a, a, a war crime over here mixing the energy drink with alcohol he, in general. He was going for moose juice, and it ended poorly. It did. It, it was not good. The The... The one itself, the two things on its separate, own, like it should be, is great. Yeah, the two things <laughs> separate were all right. Uh, the mixture was not good. Uh, we've learned an important lesson today: moose juice is best done with red wines. <laughs> but uh, uh, as most things are, I would, and I still prefer red wine. But I appreciate not having wine mouth right now. <laughs> and I, I drink. I think I, we evenly split this bottle. I'm going to go ahead and say you've got wine mouth. Smile. Look into the camera and smile. No. I'm going to say really. there's, there's some like shadowy wine mouth going on. Somehow there's... you've managed. Why are you <laughs> Why are you like this? <laughs> throw something at you. You know, because uh, on will... the red wine, you can see it. <laughs> like it's evident. I will say when you're mentioning the, the, the Cajun cork on the, the bottle, it did remind me of, uh, as an adult, my favorite scene from the first Muppet movie. It's the uh, Kermit and Piggy date. With Steve Martin there, and Steve oh, okay. Martin is just knocking it out of the out of the park. Where like he gets them the champagne, and it's like a it's a it's a, a pop top. Yeah. Like he gives it like, and it's like he's like, can we smell the cork? And it's like he just hands them a bottle cap. Yeah. <laughs> and I just remember watching that like as an adult, going like, God, this movie's good. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sorry. But yes, I I quite liked the rosé, and I think the sparkling. Um, like I, I now I feel like it would be weird to have a a still version, but I I liked this this particular variant. The bubbles, they help. The bubbles explode <laughs> in your face. 
All right, Bob. Uh, Bob, what's in your face? Drinker. Yeah, I I didn't. There were issues. I didn't. Yeah. I left the house today, but like there were some some timing things. And I just wasn't going to get out. Also, I wanted to get this thing drank relatively freshly. So uh, I have. Uh, I'm drinking sake today. Shock! I know I've drank a lot of sake lately. Uh, I've got a friend that makes sake. <laughs> And you got another and friend it's that makes good. beer. It's like uh, you. Uh... <laughs> I just yeah. Uh, I've got friends in drunk places. Uh, but uh, no, this is uh, this just came out. Well, it's a re-release uh, uh, last week. Um, uh, they had a special release for their. Uh, uh, membership club thing they have at Void Saki, and uh, got the first crack at the Nameless Mist. It is uh, so they have a version. They have a drink called the Harbinger, which is like a more refined version of their base regular sake. This is a more refined version of their base uh, Nagori, mm. and uh, technically, I believe and. Justin may call me out on this sometime later. Uh, it is a Namazaki. Uh, or, I'm not entirely sure. It is a Nagori where it's unfiltered. I believe this one he's, he told me was not pasteurized, which is the reason I kind of wanted to get this drink fast. Uh, but it has a, it has actually a, a just a touch carbonation. Uh, like just enough to like you pop the cap and you hear like a but it is, it's nice. What was it called again? Uh, this is uh, the Nameless Mist. It's got a nice creamy mouthfeel. It's got some, uh, I think like a little little hints of lemon, uh, lemon, melon. Uh, and mm, it it's, I was looking at it's the also like, and didn't see it. So I was just like, wait, what? Oh yeah, no, like it's not a, it's not a, a, a regular year-round thing it comes out came out one time last year and they've they've just came out with it again this year uh along with the uh, a uh blueberry maple uh, <laughs> i have a bottle and it's that one's fine i will bring it up to you guys so we can all drink it together so the uh, names of their sakes i feel like it's trekking with like burial beers to where you're like wow these are great like death metal songs <laughs> <laughs> well, the album or the album art. See, that didn't help at all. The, the bottle art doesn't doesn't really go against that either. It's like perfect. It's like I can pull up anything. Be like, okay, let's go. Uh, ooh, let's look at this uh, skeleton witch album, and they all sound like either void sakes or burial beers. Or, ooh, that's a great game. Ooh, <laughs> that's a that's kind of a niche thing though to be like <laughs> sake. You know, void sake or burial beer. <laughs> I mean, like the despoiler of human life. Go. I I, I couldn't participate with that one because I I I would know no all of the names. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm there once a week That's usually because <laughs> I want to I want to see one of my friends and I also like alcohol. I I make no apologies for this. Yeah. Uh, but I do recommend if you get a chance, pick up some Nameless Mist. Uh, it that this year's last year's was good. This year's is a is an extra step, like an extra step up. It's it came out well this year. Okay. 
Casey, what's... Uh... I am on the Peloncini, probably, because it's Italian, so C-I-S-H. Um, Rubicon. Peloncini? Pelon. Yeah, it's got a double L in there too, but Italian doesn't make they a don't Y. Don't do the Y, yeah. Peloncini. So there you go. Um, Rosato Sangiovese Merlot Rubicon. Um, so rose with fifty-one percent Sangiovese, forty-nine Merlot, and from the Rubicon, uh, Indication Grafica Typica. So. So by getting this wine. Uh, you've committed a crime against against Rome, and you have to beat Pompey. So as soon as he said Rubicon, I'm like, so Hannibal here. That's that's where we, <laughs> there's got to be a Hannibal joke here somewhere. <laughs> I, I mean, crossed. Hannibal also crossed the Rubicon, yeah. but Caesar, Caesar, I mean you know, yeah. more famously did it. Um, it is nice and light, heavily acidic, um, good wine. It's a Costco wine. Um, calendar avid calendar wine so they you're did. not going to be able to find it <laughs> that's still within the year they we did. Learned, so i will say uh just just to toss this in here uh uh we were they were talking about graduation gifts for my cousin uh who graduated today and one of my one of one of my other cousins was getting her a uh a bottle of rosé cuz she likes it and i'm just what it's a good call I'm, I'm sure she'll love it. Hmm. Sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to, to interrupt. No, I think that's that's the the where mine kind of ends up today. Um. So yeah. So uh, what do we? Uh, what's group consensus here? I know Bob not drinking a style, but uh, rosé. Uh, I think it's falling into the. It's not. It's pretty non-offensive. Like, I, I don't understand how you could not like it. I really feel like is it's it, the perfect, like, it, summer, spring and summer thing, you know? Is it is it getting into that uh, that Chianti territory where, where we would all like it? <laughs> okay, you can't judge, Mr. I had this with an energy drink. <laughs> I also drink some of it without the energy drink. Thank you. I think if you... Rosé would make an excellent white sangria um, if you were going to try to mix it with something because the acidity level is so high. I'm also really intrigued by given the descriptions that we got about the food pairing thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that would work really well for us. Like as a, as a means to try it, be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I definitely, the, the non-sweet rosés, I'm definitely le- I'll lean more towards those for sure. I, I was thinking as I was reading through the episode and we were like going over it today, I was like, I I probably would lean more towards non-sweet. I mean, that's what oh. I tend to do anyway. Honestly, I didn't think this was that sweet. So, because I mean, it mentions the fruits, uh, the fruit flavors and stuff, but like, I don't know. I'm trying to compare it to like the, the sweetest oh. stuff that I would normally drink would be like cider, I guess. Not that I would mm. drink. But like yeah. compared to cider, not sweet. <laughs> well, I mean, there are, there are much more dry ciders than I haven't found those. Yeah. <laughs> so I I found some that are that are actually I think 
pivot in town might make a couple that are actually more on the dry end they than might, actually yeah but yeah uh, the, the commercially available ciders i they're all too sweet for me like i can't do it it's like smirnoff ice or something i can't handle it so but this and uh, this was not that so that's where i'm at um, this is a nice refreshing thing anywho I feel like that is the end of this episode. I learned a lot on this episode, let me just say. Uh, I bet you did, because today's show was written by Brittany. Using uh, What by. is Rosé, Quick Guide to the Pink Wine from Wine, Fly, uh, Wine Folly, uh, A Listicle from the Spruced Eats, the 10 Best Rosé Wines of 2022, yeah, Rosé on Wikipedia, and Different Shades of Rosé Wine from the Wine Folly. Yeah, I wanted to put the note on there. Um, Wine Folly had so much stuff on this. Wine Plus, Folly has, yeah, Wine Folly has some solid articles sometimes when we're doing. They really do, and then they've got these nice infographics that they make for just about everything. Um, <laughs> so I just wanted to kind of shout out to them like that. They really have a lot of good good information. We have some infographics in the. <laughs> I had to put in them the in the script, <laughs> but uh, you all can't see that obviously. But I'll include it in the show notes. They're for everyone else's enjoyment, as in the other three of us. <laughs> hey, it's it, they're they're nice. Uh, yeah. Uh, look, they also padded the page length, so it looked like we were. No, I'm I kidding. Mean, uh, no, just before we started, I did have to resize the yeah, the the fair. thing because I, I had to look at it like, no, I can't read single space anymore. I'm old and my eyes can't function. Yeah, we're right there with you. <laughs> Are we going was... to be an old? I, f I fell asleep while they, Brittany and Emmett were like, she was trying to read a book to him. Then he took it and he's like, I'm going to read it. And then I he... fell asleep. And then they woke me up when they were almost done. And Emmett's thrusting a book at me going, you read dad. And I'm like, <laughs> and Kellen and the moon. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, well, if you want to get some more great resources like those that are added in the show notes, you can subscribe or um, go to haveadrinkshow.com at uh, follow us at haveadrinkshow on social media and twitch.tv. Don't forget, you can tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback. You can use the email address feedback at haveadrinkshow.com. Uh, take uh, take a, a can, a piece of string, oh, hold ass. it taut. Uh, Somewhere, I'm holding that other can, <laughs> and I will hear you. Uh, or you can use the uh, uh, feedback at haveadrinkshow.com uh, or the feedback page on the website. All joking fun aside, I'd like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly. Don't, uh, don't moose juice and drive. Very much. <laughs> don't juice or, a moose in the first place. Don't, don't moose moose at all. Actually. Don't juice the moose. You will not survive <laughs> juicing mooses. I will juice this moose. Juice the moose sounds like it should be like a Canadian Leonard Skinner song. <laughs> <laughs> or a rite of passage for a Canadian. Mm. Caught juice in the moose. <laughs> it can go so many so different you, It's a nice euphemism for, well, yeah. All right. Uh, anyway. <laughs> All right, well, uh, check us out in another couple of weeks for the next live episode. Remember to check out patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. Once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. We'll see you next time. Bye. Keep Bye. juicing that moose. Keep drinking that chicken.
Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs> I'm out of sorts and out of alcohol. I shall be right back. I'm like, I think none of us were with it today. <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. So, like, I'm not saying we, we had a fun episode, mm. but we were like, we were in a goofy mood the whole time. Like, we were just, we were not like ready to like produce the information as we would normally do it. It's, it's just mm-hmm. been kind of like, you know, like, I don't know, man. Like, it's just, just how you just go with the flow. Uh, well, yeah, this didn't help. Cause so wine is always tricky because it's like, you don't feel it until like you feel it. <laughs> like, it's much later I, on and you're like, damn it. <laughs> I scrolled down and I realized, Oh, you got your guys's wine is like, Casey's was like what twelve point something. Yeah. I'm assuming your was somewhere like you know, thirteen, fourteen, uh, twelve, thirteen. Huh? I don't see it on here anywhere actually. It's actually alcohol free. <laughs> it's just placebo. It's getting shitty. Um, thirteen point five. Oh, for our. Uh, oh, it says eleven percent actually. Oh. Well, the uh, 2007 my- was 13.5, so they've cheated you. I mean, year to year, you're going to have some variants. Oh, it does say sparkling uh, wine dry, which I'm like, yeah, that's about right. Mine's 17.5. Yep. Shit. Well, I mean, again, yours is a completely different beverage. so yeah, It is for a bottle roughly the, uh, roughly the same size. So what I love is the uh, rosé equals... Rose gold labels. <laughs> mm. Of course. Uh, one day, Brittany, I'm going to get you to uh, to meet my friend and coworker Alyssa, and you will. The two of you will will go off in the rose gold sunset. Mm. Uh, she is she is very invested in your all's child, by the way, from just dumb stories I've told about as being Uncle Bob. Oh yeah, you are. She's just like oh. How adorable. Like, I've shown them pictures, and she's like, oh, he's so cute. He is. Well, Chris is grabbing a beverage. I think I will as well. He just got back, so that, that, that feels about right. Perfect timing. Yeah. We, we can keep this, uh, keep this, you know, tricycle going out of our, I don't know. Uh, Had to go get something else and still some Waldos hanging in the fridge. So, uh, we're not in the thing, but, uh, I, I did, so I gave, I gave my cousin for her graduation two gifts. One was, uh, uh, actual money in the card where I wrote like a thoughtful, like, you know, I'm proud of you, blah, 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 blah. Second thing, uh, was I gave her in that same card, the login to a, uh, uh, video service that we both had wanted to do and I didn't pull the trigger on until like today like before her graduation and I went here you go here's a thing you wanted so you can watch these things and I'm almost certain she's going to just take the money kind of vaguely look at the card and not look at the postscript Uh. and so I'm going to wait like about a month and then ask her, hey, did you, so have you been enjoying the thing I, I also gave you? Yeah. Is it curiosity stream? 
No, oh, no. Okay. It, was it although she would also enjoy that. Uh, she is of my fam of both sides of my family. It's the only other nerd I've got in in the whole family. I'm just like, thank you. I need, I I understand that. My niece is the same way. Yeah, so we'll start talking about D and D, and then I, I like I just start looking off and fall out of the conversation because I'm like, it's been like a decade since we've played D and D, and in my head I'm just like running through campaign ideas, and I'm like, I want to play D and D. I really I I desperately want to do like a D and D thing for like us on stream. One, I have to find time, and everyone else does too, and two. I I have to realize I'm already playing three campaigns because yeah. I have a problem. <laughs> Which for us to go see Multiverse of Madness, we had because of just how scheduling works for us in our lives, uh, and we can't get a babysitter. Literally impossible. Despite everyone being like, "Oh, just let us know if you need a night off," and then we're like, "Hey, we need a night off," and they go, "Ooh, yeah, sorry, can't do that." <laughs> <laughs> and it's not a like specific date. We're like, we can give you a month's heads up, and they're like, "No, nah, can't do it." And it's like, well, then you just lied to us. But either way, we have to to go see a movie, basically take a day off work and go to a matinee in the middle of the day while the, Emmett's at daycare. <laughs> the second the second Emmett can, like, I don't have to worry about him, you know, crapping his pants. You, you just tell me, and I'll I'll make some time. As long as I'm not actively at work, I'll like I can I can move some stuff around. No, that's the thing. You were supposed like we were all going to go to the movies. We we're going to rent a theater and go. That's but fine. I'm I'd, I'd all like yeah, but also, you know, we're 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 potty trained now. He doesn't wipe oh, himself, but you know he's potty trained. Neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> Baby steps, you know. But I got a bidet, so. Yeah, I was gonna say you probably got a bidet, so it doesn't. Is that, is that just how we get around this whole, oh, you don't have to teach him to wipe if you just get a bidet. Get <laughs> a bidet. It's real strange like, at American bathrooms, though. <laughs> All right. Looking so, around for that that sprayer nozzle. So did, I think, wait, I think we're all here. Yes. I don't so know. I, I'm, I'm kind of half here. Well, I'm just mean. Physically, at least. We're all here because we're not all there. Don't don't drag me into fireside theater jokes right now. Um, it's a Garth Brooks song. And it, he's I mean, right also here. yes, but in <laughs> in the seventies, there's there's some there's some like counterculture comedy albums that are. So okay, right before we get into this, since we've already started, Garth Brooks is playing like a half mile from us right now. Sam Hell and his wife's down there. And I was questioning opening the window to hear it, but also they had to delay the start of the concert because storms coming through. And then mm. in the back of my mind I was like, if he doesn't open up <laughs> Oh with Thunder. Yeah. And the thunder roll. I was just like, See, no. <laughs> it's just boom, boom, whatever boom. That's the second with. that's the second uh, uh, when they come encore. back, encore, second encore, right there. I mean, first encore has to be friends in low places, or at the very least, that's the closer of his set. If yeah. I have show, to look out to see there. if it is. If the show is delayed because of a storm, how does he not redo the set to be like, no, we're opening with that? <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's not he's not young. He's got to like cut that. You know, it's like no, we're just gonna. That's that's the thing. You want to start strong and you want to end strong. 
and then you want to have a couple. You, you save a couple in the in the pocket for encores, but in the middle of the show, you just do whatever you want. You want to do like fast, fast, slow, fast, slow, slow, fast, slow, roughly. Yeah, but anyway, so, uh, big weekend. For, uh, <laughs> I may have seen a few country shows in my time. Garth Brooks opens with "Ain't Going Down." <laughs> Thunder Rolls is number eight on the set list. Um, and closes second encore with standing outside the fire. Oh, okay, yeah. is is friends in low places anywhere in that list? Oh, I'm sure it has, it has to, to be. be. Okay. Like that's a law. That's, that's the song. Like most of the you know 80s artists play. They have one song and they play it twice in their set. That's the song for him. He plays it twice in the set. It, I don't think that's true. He okay for for the people who who will go and see him who are like hard like. There, there, there are like people who are aware of Garth Brooks, and there are like country they know, fans. They know the words are, to every song, not just the two. Like <laughs> they are fans of country music because of Garth Brooks. He can so, play whatever he wants, and they'll be fine. But friends in low places, I feel like, should be somewhere in we, like a standard stable. It set should list. be near the end uh, too, because at that point, people have been drinking. <laughs> it's second to last. Every, oh, there you okay. go. <laughs> Perfection. Um, for the for the traditional set. Now, not counting the encore one, encore two. Yeah. But here's the thing: Garth Brooks' set has 31 songs, 32 songs in it. Yeah, I. I like, would guarantee you he has own. He may have one opener. I he's I, a working he, man for sure. Oh, he look. He's been around for now. Is that, is that opener Chris Gaines? <laughs> 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 I mean, uh, it, look, be. that man no. has work ethic. I wouldn't put it past him to be his own opener, but. Uh, you know, I was just now wanting to go to Spotify and listen to Garth Brooks, but you can't because he's not on Spotify. That's uh, fine. Neither am I. <laughs> neither uh, am I. I. Is he on? Now I have to go check. God damn it. He's probably, uh, probably. On Apple Music, I'm sure. But no, like Garth Brooks, he. I would go to that show. I like, mean, he's got to put, put on a show, right? Like, I would put I, on money. I would pay money to go see him. If like, he had, if he had come by. There's no way he would, but like of the country shows I had had to work, I like in my head I'm like they're all trying to be kind of Garth Brooks. They wish sure. they had that kind of like. Oh yeah, everyone wishes. That, they- he had he had like showmanship. He had solid songs. Like he had a mental breakdown. <laughs> also <you> true. <laughs> he had a, hey. a mental breakdown and an emo alter ego came out. <laughs> Look, sometimes you want to try other stuff. I can't <laughs> oh, fault him wig. for that. Technically, his stuff is on Apple Music, but I don't think it's official because no. What yeah. about what about Chris Gaines? Is Chris Gaines on? <laughs> I'm gonna say no. <laughs> Chris Gaines is nowhere. Station. We 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 actively tried to erase that from our memory. What was the Family Guy joke? It's uh, it was like Stewie's in boot camp. And his punishment, and they're like, "You're gonna have to listen to a, a song from this Chris Gaines album." And he's like, "Oh, come on, two tracks." <laughs> like, "Oh, it's unfair, three tracks, three tracks." <laughs> All right. So, since we're apparently in the country state of mind, um, let's let's uh, we've we've all watched something in the past. Oh yes, week. <laughs> Well, I know that I stayed up the night it came out later than I oh, should wow. have. I I didn't. However, Casey asked me had I seen it, and I went, "Well, I'll just watch an episode, maybe two. Yeah, I yeah. watched every part of a documentary 
about the, the big con. The big con. Which I also the, deep down was like, I really hope that Schwood and Jerry are like finding a way to capitalize oh, off of Oh my god. We sh- I mm, I feel like I need to email them about this. You want to be like, do you want some first-hand sources? Because we lived through this crap. <laughs> I served this man a sandwich. I with I've one of wor- his twenty wives. I've worked his. I've worked his. Uh, I, oh God! So there, you know, self-promoter that he was. He had. Well, well, okay, never mind. I'm going to save this until we get to a point where we actually kind of put some context for what we're talking so about. We're talking. So, spoiler alert. We're talking if about. If you have not seen the big con, pause yeah. here. Fair. However, well, this was just. I highly recommend the. I highly recommend the documentary. It is very interesting. Now pause here. Yes, uh, (laughs) go watch the Big Con on Apple, whatever they're calling Apple Apple TV TV Plus. Apple TV Plus. Uh, Stupid name. It's about Eric C. Con. They're all stupid names now. It's about Eric C. (laughs) Con, who, uh, as when I sent the trailer to a friend of ours who knew nothing of any of it, but going into it. Those like we lived it. There were no surprises. It was all news today. Right. I don't know. And, I learned a lot from that actually. <laughs> well, some of the details, but the overarching story, we're like, no, like we lived this. This is all like everyone going, oh, did you hear this happened? And this was yeah. you know, everyone just kind of nods. He goes, yeah, that tracks. <laughs> but so, I sent the trailer I, I, to a friend, and he was just like, you can't make this shit up. His last name was literally Con. Yeah, it's- that's what someone I had tried to show was too. And I was like, look, Con is a very common name, Beck. Back home, it's like Hall. How, yeah. However, uh, I I will say I uh, uh, when I'm I here in Lexington, we went to go see uh, the 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 museum where uh, in town that has Cocaine Bear. Ah, yes. I was gonna say the one that had knew where you're going, and to they, say, the one that literally has Cocaine Bear. They have Cocaine Bear, and also there, they have one of the billboard mannequin statues of Eric C. Khan. <laughs> and I looked over, and I saw it, and I went... <laughs> I looked at the guy at the counter, and I went, I need you to tell me where you got this. Like, which county this one came from. So... and Because uh, there's, there's at least, like, a, what, one in four chance it's the one I drove by... <laughs> Every time I went through Allen, yeah. or the one that was stolen. So no, I had mm-hmm. to. I checked into that. Uh, I was talking to my dad. Uh, my dad, I, to spin this out, I'm not dropping names for anything. My dad is like best friends with the person who did all of his advertising, and turns out the stole. I mean, he's quotes air quotes here. The stolen one uh, was not stolen, and it was actually a publicity stunt by Con. Con himself, Con himself, not even a little bit surprised. Con himself took that thing just to generate buzz around his name. <laughs> that that not a bit of that is surprising. Yeah, and that's uh, like if, if you're gonna watch the documentary, like holy, that just that's all of it right there. That's one of those things where that itself could have been <laughs> like a whole <laughs> half an episode. He's, he's the real life Saul Goodman. If yeah. Saul Goodman did SSI, really? oh yeah. So. Uh, I will say I have I have I had a number of connections as I'm watching this thing, uh, like like pers- people I I have in fact met and have spoken to. In this thing or on this on this this documentary, which is very strange to me. Also, 
there's not a single establishing shot that I could not tell you almost exactly where that is. Yeah, Brittany was getting yeah. mad with me because I kept pausing it, and every time they would go, and Pikeville, Kentucky, it would be a shot of Prestonsburg. And he's like, no, it isn't. Yeah. There, there was one shot I had to stop. I looked at it, and I went, is that? That's Betsy Lane. Mm-hmm. So, yes, there's one, because you can see the the con dome as it got uh, nicknamed because he was the biggest sponsor of everything that happened at that Betsy Lane school. But um, there's like, one or two shots of Pikeville. That's it in the very beginning. Yeah. And I was honestly, well, I looked at Brittany. I was like, come on, we're going to cross our fingers and we're going to hope that there's a good shot that we see of broken throne in there somewhere. Because that, well, that to, would be awesome. I didn't even think about that. That's what I was hoping, but they never get a shot of the main street. They get a um, shot down uh, that I, I hesitate to call it river, whatever that like runoff is, where they have the like fountain thing. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's over on that side of town, and there's a shot where you can see the river fill, and that's where I was like, "Oh, there's the river fill." I was like, "That's a shot of Pikeville," but everything else, I was like, at one point, my dad's hillside is in it. And I was like, oh, "That's like that's where I'm, there's my dad's hillside," and they're like in Pikeville, Kentucky, and I'm like, "That's." Prestonsburg, but okay. They don't care. Uh, also, <laughs> but some... before we get further into the documentary, I have to interject. Garth Brooks is only seem, seems to be only streaming on Amazon Prime Music. Wow. Just going to put that out there. That makes sense. Everything uh, I, be- is on there. Because I'll say one of my dad's favorite uh, streaming services is Amazon Prime Music. Huh. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily the biggest Garth Brooks fan, but... Uh. There are there are boxes he would check for the for the average Garth Brooks Brooks fan. Gotcha. Do you get it if you just got Amazon Prime or is it something special? Yes, I, I no, I'm pretty so, sure yeah. you have it if you just get a, if you have Amazon Prime, you have. Yeah, you I have just because I signed up with my yeah. regular Amazon and it was like oh, you get hey. it free. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. So another question, anyway, side question to the side question to the side break. question is Brooks and Dunn available on any other service? <laughs> oh, ho, ho. <laughs> so. Um, I, I find it odd because the uh, I feel like I should have known that they were recording here. Right? Oh, like that they were doing that yeah. it was coming because it just kind of dropped. Yeah, yeah, like it was it was a sudden shock to like they're doing they did a thing. So like, you would think I, that I would hit. walk out one block from my front yard and see his house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Or see the the complex, see where the complex yeah. was. So one would assume <laughs> that the neighbors would be talking about, hey, they had a film crew over here, you know? One of those types of things. It's one of those things like when the raid happened, like no, everyone knew within five minutes. Like my dad was it, calling it, me like, the FBI just raided Eric Kahn's complex. and Yep. Okay, hold on, hold on. For context, for anyone who, you know, despite our warning saying go watch this thing is still going here, let's take a second to explain what Eric C. Khan was. Um, elevator pitch. He was probably the most dubiously successful Social Security insurance lawyer in the United States. Yeah. Who... Had a who, who had a had a, essentially a judge in his pocket and a, and doctors or, in his pocket or vice or, versa as, or vice as, versa as he said as he his story his version of events is the judge had him in a pocket. However, either way, 
there is uh, between him and his cabal of people, they took in five hundred and fifty million dollars in SSI. Conservative fraud. estimate. They said it's actually probably a probably lot closer higher. to a billion. Or, yeah. Yeah, they could prove five hundred fifty, and it didn't point, matter after that point. To to the point when when like you know, as we were growing up, we discussed that yeah, it was it was common knowledge that what easy estimate fifty percent of people or more were on the draw as their primary primary you know source of income. It's a great uh, great question. Uh, I wonder. Because it was just, oh yeah, you were just getting the, you know, I got, I got the, you know, I got something else. I got, I got black lung. I got, you know, whatever you could say would get it. But they had like a set number of like, here's your rubber stamp. You have this, uh, and it. I, I find it funny because my mother ended up having to to fi- you know file for social security for disability, uh, and my dad when I was in high because mom mom did it when I was probably in middle school, and my dad like in high school we were talking about it because you know Eric C cons everywhere and we're and he goes, I don't know how that man's making money, because it you don't need a lawyer to do that your mother did it. On the internet, by yourself, like she just filled out a form, and they said, "Yeah, you have your benefits." Yeah. Yeah, and well, as in the documentary, they explain there's only six hundred dollars that the lawyer can claim. Like a lawyer can get six hundred dollars for doing an SSI case. Somehow, this man had, admittedly, cost of living is low back in Eastern Kentucky. However, when you have multiple homes and mansions, you can travel, you know, on private jets out to wherever you want. He worked in volume. (laughs) When you have a judge rubber stamping them, it's just like anyone who will come to you. It's like there's six hundred dollars, six hundred dollars, six hundred. So, well, there's a little bit more to it on the six hundred dollar side. So the lawyer gets a flat fee of six hundred plus if. So what Bob was saying was that his mother was able to go online and file. Anybody can do that, but it was almost like the insurance companies that you see today. They almost have a rubber stamp where it's just like 90% or more, you're denied immediately. And then you go and get a lawyer. So the time that elapses between that person getting denied when they filled the form out themselves and then finally getting the approval is the back pay period. So some people go six months, a year, something like that, some people more, in that back pay. And then they're entitled to receive a check at the end of that period where Khan was getting a lot of his in his money, days. I think, was he gets 25% of that back pay. Uh. So if they, if they sat there for a year and waited on getting it, then 25% of what benefits they would have received in a year would go to him instead. Mm. Well, he did also try and – Get them in as fast as humanly possible, like as fast right. as possible. So, so it was a, most, a numbers game on volume. Yeah. So uh, uh, presumably you could apply and then reapply, which does lead to like some of the cherry picked in the in the documentary, like worst cases for people. Yep. 
like they they picked all the people who probably should have had actual social security benefits and did not. It like got it revoked sure. for for other reasons. Uh, however, there are a great number of people who got benefits who did not need them. And Ned Pillersdorf, who is the the kind of the charitable cause in this one, because he's he's the one organizing the effort to get these people that lost their benefits that should have them. One of two. Back. One of two people that. No, was, no, no. I say one of two for me of people on this thing who I watched oh, and went. I I have I have everyone, met this person. I have spoken with him. I know his children. I say yeah. I have stayed at his house before and because Brittany I was grew, friends with one of his daughters. I say Brittany grew I, up with him. Both both of his daughters went to my high school. Three daughters. Well, oh, sorry, two of his daughters yeah. went to my high school. I didn't know the, the other. Uh, one, but yeah, because yeah. Nancy went to my high school. Nancy, I know of Sarah, Sarah and, Sam. and Sam. The other one, Sam, Sam. They, yeah, they they went elsewhere. I don't know how that even worked out, but I mean, where they lived, I guess they could have worked out regardless. So yeah, it was it was Pierrist. It's it was a. Yeah, it's funny. So talking about this with like my dad, and he's just like, "Oh yeah," he's like, "Ned's, Ned's a great guy, really kind hearted, odd duck, but great." That's guy. that's hmm. it. That my dad the yes. whole time we're like I was talking to him about watching the thing. He just went, "Ned's a weird person," and I'm like, <laughs> "The whole family look, is, but like lovingly so." They are they they are they are an odd perhaps an odd group, but as a weird person, I could I I, yeah. I kept going. Yeah. Look, I give him a lot of leeway. And then like I'm watching the documentary, I'm like, yeah, that he, he comes of of almost anyone in the in this documentary, he's he's the one who comes out smelling like a rose. Unlike number two, who oh. is on the list of people that I know. Oh, the, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh who what's okay, on the list because he did the he had the pen incident, and we'll get to that in just a second. <laughs> but what's he do now? Is he his is does he run his own firm or is he with another he firm? He does he does the exact well, okay. I don't know if he's gotten it. He he, he, he focuses in in social, getting people their social security benefits. Okay, that's that's what I will say. That's what uh, I was thinking because um, the way he's this... got an office in 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 Prestonsburg. You can it's 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 on it in town. If you drive past, uh, used to be PCC. It's Big Sandy, yeah. whatever. I would assume he's on the books and had because in the documentary he seemed to come off as like the naive intern, as you know he mm-hmm. he came into it like that's what keeps you out of jail. Yeah, <laughs> but, well, there's no he doesn't have an in anymore. It's like well the judge is dead. Yeah. That was the end. So <laughs> no, so okay. Spoiler uh, alert. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it is yeah, yeah. The the uh, I will say like as you're, as we're watching this when. Eric C. Khan was was in fact ubiquitous. The the documentary presents it as like everyone loved Eric C. Khan, and I went, no, we didn't. He was yeah, he was the he was the biggest fucking joke. Like we were all laughing constantly. Everyone's just like, God, this man loves himself. And then that's like mm-hmm. that's kind of hammered home in the documentary. And they're like, oh yeah, there was he had uh, a painting uh, of himself as Luke Skywalker in the basement. And I'm the whole time the, like, yeah, that tracks. The best where the stripper pole is. Yeah. Um, Reading Hobbsy. Oh, Hobbsy is in as we are discussing Eric Seacon. Yeah. Oh, uh, and he was just at, at Broken Throne. Oh, uh, nice. Thank you. Uh, so the 
the the most direct contact I had with uh, with Eric Seacon uh, was he put on a show for the troops uh, at the Mountain Art Center where I worked on the technical staff, and they had uh, he ins- uh, he ins- it, it insisted <laughs> that he had to have his uh, uh, cutouts kind of like spread out throughout the stage the giant with with our giant american flag backdrop that we had right uh chat, and chat rising up for the golly snatcher just gonna <laughs> golly snatcher rise up uh but i remember during that show because I, I remember looking at going like this is one cheesy but two <laughs> I feel like people here who are here to support the troops don't want to necessarily see your face. And we had people who came to us, came to like to our employees and said, I am like, I'm offended by this cutout out of here. I would like you to remove it. And we had people, I, like they told us, and we had, like, I heard them on calm, and they just had someone go like, from backstage, sneak out there, sneak up behind one, grab it, and then just slowly <laughs> sneak it, Fade at least the... to the wings of the stage. So it's not directly in front of the flag, but at least still visible. Like it's like the middle ground we had to cut. And I just went, Ooh, what kind of narcissistic yeah. asshole needs. Needs this much attention. So and, well, there was an angle they never covered in the documentary. He ran cockfights in the Philippines. <laughs> they never brought it up. When I say ran, I mean he actually, like, he put the money up. He ran it, and he got all the, because it's legal there. And he got the mm-hmm. advertising dollars from the cockfights. That was a legitimate God. source of income he had coming in from the Philippines. <laughs> and they, just, they never even brought it up in the documentary. I'm like, so they bring up the whorehouse in Taiwan that's, you know, uh, themed to Halloween, and the woman nearly gets eaten by a boa constrictor Thailand. on stage. Yeah. Thailand. <laughs> and they don't mention the cockfights in the Philippines. And I'm like, because that was a legitimate ring that went for years. Because at this point, there's also just this massive list of things. Cause it, yeah, he calls I, it a go-go. <laughs> Like the yeah, the, he calls it a go Yes, the uh, I'm I'm so glad I'm so glad Hobbs is seeing this too because I had to assume everyone from that area had to immediately go. What's the free trial? How do I how do I get to watch at <laughs> yeah. least this? The the one dude from the Wall Street Journal was the one. He's like, you can't. It's like it's so ridiculous, and yet it all happened. That's why he's like. Well, the quote from him is like, if it wasn't true, you wouldn't believe it. Yeah, and it's the, like, yeah, it's just like it's so over the top. It's just like I, oh my god, and we I, we lived it. <laughs> yeah, I love that during the discussion of of what the exact fraud was that someone goes, "Free uh, Charles." That most people lived it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, uh, is that uh uh. Sorry, I got distracted from the thing. Uh, yeah. Eh. Uh, the, the, the. What was I just saying? I'm sorry. Don't chase the thought. Somebody rebooted. You're drunk. Don't chase the thought. 
Uh, oh, it was um, uh, the. I'm sorry. Someone keep talking. I'll 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 inevitably interject with what it is. So I remember. It may not have been the big ten thousand dollar sign, but I remember <laughs> Creech okay. while we were at the Con Dome in uh, Betsy Lane. Ah, yes, Betsy Lane. I can't with that note, that name. Stealing the, the Eric C. Con cardboard cutout and putting it in the back of the bus. Yes, I remember that. Yep. <laughs> and so it was Eric C. Con waving out the back, and then <laughs> we had him I, stick it up. I think it was Mr. Bell at the time who came in and told him he had to take it back. Yep, it was. We didn't get out of the parking lot. Yep. So good. (laughs) Oh. Uh, So that's to say, like, all the shady crap. At the time, like, everyone was just like, I don't know, he's a lawyer and snake in the grass and whatever. But it was, he benefited the region so much it's like yeah it was like ill-gotten gains but it's like how much money did he pump in to school athletics and school programs with sponsorship deals i mean nobody taught tipped at subway it wasn't a restaurant you tipped at but he tipped me (laughs) (laughs) uh it was yeah yeah where the condom thing how much did betsy lane benefit from that how much did that school how much more were they able to provide for those kids because of him like these are the things i actually think about like how like we talk about the dying industries back home like at least i do (laughs) because you brought up before casey oh chris you're a regionist but it's like how much did he benefit that region economically during this period like how much growth is actually can be contributed to con like ill-gotten or not how like he had an impact on that region for sure a positive impact if you assume that most of his candidates were local and that he stole 25 percent, which ended up being a billion dollars that means that he has input into the economy $4 billion over a couple of years into the local economy. Yeah. So how much did Pikeville and Betsy Lane like con- benefit from his contributions? And now after the fact, it's like, yeah, now everyone's like taking the other side of it. Well, it's like, Oh no. I, sometimes I you that... agree with like parts of what the super villain is doing, you know, like it's, it's like there's like pieces that are like yeah I guess it was that, yeah the the conclusion of the thing was the guy from the Wall Street Journal he's like he's an evil Robin Hood he's like that's yeah. how how he was able to, you know how he's able to sleep at night over the story he's like well he's an evil Robin well Hood. and he was also like delusional as all get out I mean then as Hobbesy says Thanos did nothing wrong that's that's where this is at right <laughs> yeah now. it's re- it really comes down to it. it's like he had a point <laughs> says so, right then I just get the what if episode in my head and it's like that's genocide. Well, no, um, no, 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 it's random. <laughs> Let's. Uh, I mean, if if you take if you take a step back and you look at this as just a a person from the region, or possibly someone even from outside the region, just watching the documentary, Khan uh, comes out at the end smelling pretty good too. Yeah, yeah, because it's all about it's all on that judge. Isn't it? it the, it's well, yeah. the judge, according to Khan, the judge was actually like the. The mastermind of the whole thing, and in the end, the documentary paints it as Social Security is the big bad, 
and they're not they're not they're not wrong they're they're not wrong in the sense that like they did they had some draconian measures for for how to that they stuck to and they stuck it to these people still do honestly yeah the ones i felt the worst for were those two women so who were just oh my god but my dad when i was talking to him about it he's like i can remember he's like i remember the day that the first suicide happened He's like, I can remember having to report on that. And my dad actually turned down, <laughs> this is what I talked to my dad, he turned down a broadcasting job where he was going to be EKB's um, uh, news anchor for their television program. And he actually tested for it, and he didn't like how it felt. And so he turned down the job, and he's like, if I had taken that, he's like, I would have probably ended up in this documentary. <laughs> <laughs> because the guy who ended up taking it ended up in the documentary. <laughs> Who's that? The 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 guy who I guess he he now works for for Pillar Store. Is that remember from the? Yeah, yeah, like the the I can't remember his name offhand, but uh, the anchor that I, they interviewed for over it because he was reporting on a lot of the things uh, when so, like shit was hitting the fan. And Dad was like, "Oh yeah, he took the job," and he's like. If I had taken the job, I might have ended up in this thing. Yeah. How how surreal was it watching watching this documentary and seeing like like for example, I'm watching it and it's like a few minutes in and the the one dude's talking and he's talking about like how he made the you know the 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 rap song for Eric C. Khan. <laughs> oh, and I'm looking at him like Wait, are you in Fat Boys right now? Yeah, are you he in is. Martin? Yeah, in Martin. And and then like he they they cut to a shot of him at some point like walking through, and I went, "That used to be a hardware store. Yeah, that's that pawn shop, gun shop." Now I was wondering <laughs> how they didn't how he didn't position a shot to get like a sign that said Fat Boys in <laughs> the documentary, unless they were like, "We're not going to do that." <laughs> uh. As Hopsy says, the guy who wrote those rap songs is the true hero of that documentary. I'm yeah. like, yeah. those commercials are the true. Like, we were watching that whole thing. I was like, now the world can see what we grew up with for local advertisements. How awful it was. There's a podcast, uh, too. Yeah, they have an after show. Yeah, they had a have after Yeah. Uh, I, I was laughing as I'm, I, I'm watching him. I'm, I'm watching and listening to this person on there, and I'm just like, yeah, because I don't. I don't have quite the same. Yeah, you know, I don't think any of us really have the same Eastern Kentucky accent. Yeah, uh, and <laughs> I'm, I'm listening to this guy, and I'm just like, yeah, that that is essentially how yeah. somehow, a large chunk of people talk, and you're just like, yeah, no, now you just go. No, sorry, I can't do it right now. No, I, uh, so, uh, five minutes. I'm trying in, to go too nasal. I looked to Brittany five minutes in, and I was like, are the accents killing you? Because it was, <laughs> it's. it's as much as I want to be like, I have a strong accent, and I do. I I can't wash myself of the Eastern Kentucky accent because all through college, like even when I, when, I had a, when I had a roommate and he'd bring girls over and I would say two words and they'd be like, "Aw, your accent is so cute," and I'm just like, "What?" And the, my roommate was like, "He just sounds normal to me. What are you?" Just- yeah, it's not. You don't have one. But that's I I, I don't know. I guess it's because my dad worked in advertising and. From the get-go, I was slightly taught diction, even though I it sounds like I'm chewing on a sock when I speak. <laughs> but but it's just like the accent, like and and the whole time, like 
uh, I was like, this isn't an, a dishonest representation. No, it, of the region. It, honestly, it didn't. I didn't think it it painted anything in a in a. Because I mean, almost everything else that you watch is like, oh, poor <laughs> Eastern Kentucky, poor the whole region. They're just like, oh, this decrepit, like you know what I mean. But that's not. <laughs> That that you don't get that out of this. You just like genuinely feel bad for the people who got screwed in this. And then, yeah, like I like I I didn't get a negative feeling. From, I liked about so the region overall with the documentary. I liked in the end where they're like Social Security has just like stuck it to these people in the end, and they were like the true that in the end the true villain was Social Security. The Social Security office, like they they won't speak to anybody. They never did anything. In the end, the, the true ups. enemies we made were the Social Security benefits we lost <laughs> along the way. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and that, again, not wrong. <laughs> yeah, if you're if you're if Pillersdorf numbers are correct, it was definitely went around the wrong way. Yeah, and you know who else really does not smell good at the end of this, and almost comes off as like. All right, you told them you need to kind of lay off it now. Is those two women from the Social Security Administration? Mm. They do not um, exude. Well, uh, they do not get the um, the love and adoration. I think of the internet community after this. Oh, see, I felt awful for them. The the two that, women who like started reporting so, everything in the first place, and they're like, "Yeah, we lost okay. our, our good paying." jobs and benefits I felt horrible for them where there are no jobs I yeah. I didn't mind them as much Hobbsy uh in the chat uh does come across uh number two <laughs> on the checklist of people I have spoken uh, I, I I spent some time with uh he comes was, off playing ignorant not not really you so having known him because I went I went to school and spent a lot of time with uh, uh, the lawyer who worked under we're not, him. We're not going to drop names, and we're going to drop a whole bunch of uh, Simon Whistler allegedly's. <laughs> yes. Uh, there's two bits from this. One, when uh, I'm, I'm watching this, and the, the Wall Street Journal art, uh, 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 a reporter is like, because he's saying, like, are you, like, because he, he goes in, he talks to the the he talks he tries to talk to Eric C. Khan who who does not you know does not show up he instead talks to uh, a lawyer under him and as he's speaking to him he says uh, uh, are you trying to say that we're like he's in some kind of like he's in cahoots with someone he's like <laughs> who says cahoots <laughs> yeah. and I went and I went no this is the most honest thing I've I've heard <laughs> he a hundred percent says cahoots yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, I like the word cahoots personally, but it's not a thing you hear. <laughs> I, I mean, I hear it a lot. I don't but, know what you. But I'm watching this whole documentary, looking at looking at this person that I know that that was a friend of mine when I was younger, and I went, "Why are you doing this? This is not this is not making you look great." Because Apple and, showed up and said, "We're going to cut you a check, and we're going to do an interview about the con stuff." What I think mostly it was was it was a chance to explain the second where it's uh, he offers the sixty minutes crew <laughs> pens. Oh, and I went. I'm looking at that, going like, he did this entire thing 
cover up <laughs> one public shame he had. Those damn that, pins from Hobbs. Yes. Those those damn pins. That is I I it what I what I would assume is he he decided to agree to this whole thing so just so he could just say his side of the story of that incident. Everything else there are parts of that where he's like, yeah, no, like it was it was like a, a wild time. I didn't think he was doing anything wrong. We were all having a good time. And I'm like, no, I know. I know you. You knew you were doing something wrong. Well, his story fades out kind of at that point after the it, pins it, incident. And that's yeah. when they felt like it gets real into the nitty gritty and they don't care about what he has to say anymore, which goes to show you that like he probably like on camera went on for like an hour about the <laughs> goddamn pins. <laughs> Probably. I also uh, don't know how to feel about the one chick that like worked for him or whatever. Cause I also felt or- horrible with like, but she turned and she ended up like her testimony yeah. ended up being what buried him. Yeah. It just, but like on the, on the onset of like talking about how basically it was a cult because like the girls weren't allowed to talk to each other. Oh, and it was such, was it, like, it was, it was such a known thing then yeah. that like Eric C. Khan had his girls that Eric C. Khan had his at, at the same time. So in my mind, I'm painting this. I'm like, it's like they show the staff and it's all these teenage girls who look the exact same. All these blondes. And, and, the ex- and in my mind, I'm like, and you can almost paint the mayor of Prestonsburg at the time to be the exact <laughs> same who ended up sleeping with probably all the exact same girls around town. <laughs> And he was like, God. Now, Eric, yeah. I, Eric I don't think, was an around-the-town guy. I think he was a, a more worldly. I don't think he, he really true. spent that much time around town. Uh, he got he got some time around town. There were quite a few <laughs> girls. This was before, like, there was the, like, ludicrousness of his advertising, but this is before, <laughs> you know, any of the craziness started to leak out of what he was into, of girls being like, oh, yeah, I've been with him. And... Yeah, very much. And I don't know, was the 007 movie that they showed at the very end, that came out after his video? No, or no after his... It, it, it came out like that. That clip was from, uh, was it Quantum of Solace? I can't place it. Uh, We'd already left back then. It, 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 like, it, 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 he hadn't. No, but it, 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 that that clip because they they show the scene it was based off of two thousand eight. Yeah, that was still during yeah, that time. Yeah, that would have been during it. Okay, so he took he took the scene and made his his own yeah. rather than the movie seeing this commercial, which I thought at the first when I saw it, I thought Quantum of Souls came out in like twenty fifteen. <laughs> uh, like no, it's okay. You can they, forget Quantum of Solace. Everyone yeah, does. It's, it's garbage except the end when he makes the dude uh, drink the quart of motor oil and walk off into the desert. And they're like, oh, they found his dead body with a quart of motor oil in his stomach. Do you know anything about that, Bond? And he's like, no, I don't. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I can remember from that movie. And I'm like, that's all I need to remember is that Bond's um, like, no, I gave the dude the choice and he drank the fucking oil. Melinda, which is the one that... Um, Chris and I both went to school with Melinda. The, um, is that the, the the one like the main from his one? office? Yeah, yeah. That they they just spoke yeah. to most. Yeah, we. Um, she was in my class, and she. I mean, she was a nice enough person. I mean, nothing, you know, fairly genuine. I'm, and I would uh, I would have 
pegged her as a no nonsense type of person. Um, well, she kind of ended look, up had, because she's like, "No, I'm gonna flip this son of a bitch." Yeah. Um, uh, look, I, I had, mean, had had a lot of a lot of fond friend, fond memories of a friend of mine who, as I'm watching this, hadn't spoken to in a long time, and I went, "Hmm, it's gonna be a lot longer before we speak again, isn't it?" <laughs> well, I can't call him up now because <laughs> his phone's ringing off the hook. And well, and business partner of mine let me say this now has melinda working at his office can i as well this business partner is this another partner i went to school with no i'm not gonna actually press it that. is i figured yeah so um one of the partners at the brewery uh, at his other office look is... i, I honestly in all honesty I have nothing negative to say about yeah. many people that have any involvement with this it's just kind of some yeah. light-hearted ribbing between us no no yeah and i I just uh, wanted to put that out it's just interesting to see all these little uh, you kind of wonder what somebody that's seen this person for the first time thinks Mm. (laughs) yeah Yeah. i do not Uh, think she's single because her last name changed it was different in the in the documentary than uh it was names were changed to protect the innocent in high school but Uh, yeah but I was trying to find information on like some of the people because I want to find out what happened to those poor women from West Virginia. God, you want them <laughs> to have got something? I, I'm like, God, like seriously. But so there's a story from Deadline that says Emmy contender the Big Con tells story of flamboyant lawyer with James Bond fixation who scammed the U.S. government. I was like, that's one of the best headlines I've seen. <laughs> like that's there, that's a good summation. <laughs> There was nothing that screamed Appalachia as much to me as uh, the, those two women working in the the SSI office uh, when the feds storm the same day that the article comes out and one's like the reenactment. Of she's the lady, like, like smiling. Well, and she goes like, "You're you're here just because of the article." And they went, "Well, I mean, we've been working on this for a while. Didn't show up till the article." And I went, that, <laughs> "That's yeah." yeah. Uh, they're just like, motherfucker, <laughs> we've been screaming this for a decade, and it took <laughs> the Wall Street Journal before there, you fucked there showed wasn't, up. There wasn't a person back home. <laughs> that, that, is my, that is my qualm Everyone with, with a lot of – Yeah, that's my qualm with the people who are like, we didn't know. I went – The fuck you didn't? <laughs> every person knew. Every – well, not every. I can't say every. But you were the only person I, who get your benefits in an obscenely quick manner, and everyone's just like, "Look, I don't care how he's just gonna get it." I and think like, people yeah. didn't know the the full details. Like, they didn't know the full details, but they knew it wasn't yes. on the up and up. So, uh, my my father in law went to con first to get his benefits. So he's legitimately disabled. Uh, worked in Detroit for thirty years, but had an incident that he got hurt on the job, and so. Went from there. Um, went to con after it was months and nothing was going on. And what we assume was it was in this time period where he never left in that time frame. So he goes and gets his says, Hey, I'm done here. I'm going to another lawyer who's actually going to do something with the case, has them give him his file so that he can take it and go. Looks in the file as he's taking it to the other lawyer's office 
and there is a document in there where he has had a uh, evaluation from a doctor in California that he's never seen, never had any contact mm-hmm. with, nothing like, and never have a doctor appointment with him, like just forged medical information in his file. And so it was just a very odd experience that I'm assuming towards the end, Khan was not as quick as he used to be yeah, uh, yeah. when he didn't have a lawyer or, you know, a, a, a lawyer a that judge. makes judgments, judges um, on his side. Yeah. She makes judgments. What could they be called? Uh, <laughs> so uh, the chat is very, so chat's full of nothing but Eastern Kentuckians. And it's very <laughs> much a. <laughs> The Wall Street Journal reporter says he doesn't understand why nobody in the area wanted to charge anybody. It's like, it's Eastern Kentucky. And it's like, yeah, ain't no snitches in Eastern Kentucky. Tighter lip than the mafia. There, <laughs> so, is, there is no SSI. What are you talking about? Yeah, snitches get stitches. And in the holler, there's plenty of places to hide bodies. So a lot of tight lips. That, I'm, I'm just that, is, of, that, that is the joke I make to people up here that is like semi-joke. They're just like... Oh, how is it back? How is it back in East Kentucky? Well, if you if you really piss me off, no one will ever find you. It's like, yeah, we all know somebody who knows an abandoned mine shaft that no one ever checks. <laughs> this is like, we've all got a friend who's like, if you, they're just like kind of joking, but pretty serious. Like, if you know somebody that needs to disappear, it can yeah. happen. <laughs> so let me say this, Melinda, our mutual friend. Chris, mm. who uh, who was in the documentary, mm-hmm. has nothing on her Facebook about the documentary whatsoever. I'm like sure. it's just nothing there. No, no. Hey, I'm in this or anything like that. So very, very much a, a back on that. But you know what? She does have like five posts down. What? A pick of my beer. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's that's uh, your there's your that's so yeah there's the the insert for the the hopeful broken throne because after episode one I'm like go. oh come on I want a background of broken throne just a main street shot of Pikeville come on come on yep so it's our it's the one that we released out in uh, uh, one of the local gas stations here and so she's got you know one of the, <laughs> the posts from that but I'm like all right I'll take it um, but. She also needs to watch out because she doesn't want lock down her page. Hobbsy and so wants, with her, a, wants a relationship status. What's that? Hobbsy wants a relationship status. Yeah, married. Um, married. <laughs> there you so, go. So that's why I looked. I wanted to see who she was married to because I was like, well, I know her name's the last name's different. Um, but uh, the like being, I feel like you need to be like, no, you can't see my profile unless we're we're like specifically close friends or something like that. Like it's just a wide open cause I didn't log in to do it. So, um, that's interesting. I, yeah. Uh, so we should probably like at least go, go, uh, uh, towards, towards the end of the documentary, uh, to which I, I, <laughs> it's, it is essentially the, the shot heard round Eastern Kentucky. The 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 end of our our long Honduran nightmare. Oh, that he's caught in a, a Pizza Hut, <laughs> and you everyone can't. knows it's the most Eastern Kentucky thing. Look, if they had a free, bu- if they had a buffet, there there's there's no charm in the world. There's no nothing in the world that could that could prevent Eastern Kentucky from showing up at a at a Pizza Hut buffet. 
Can so, I just say the best part about I, that is when they were I'd, like, I'd, have, I'd have bust through that wall like a Kool-Aid man. Just boom. Oh, yeah. So the it, fact that they said he was craving Italian food and yeah. found at the Pizza Hut. Yeah. I'm like, like are serious really right now? When, when the FBI guy looks at it and just goes, uh, it's like, there's two options. There's one <laughs> off by the beach. There's an authentic Italian place. And there's a Pizza Hut. And I went, and you chose the Pizza Hut because you, you know <laughs> that man was like barefoot inbred, and you knew he'd be at that Pizza Hut. And I was just like, "It's where I'd be. I'd be at that Pizza Hut buffet." Uh, you know, I understand Hobbsy. I, I almost got Pizza Hut myself, but it is the least of all pizza restaurants. No, exactly. it's not. Papa John's is the least. Oh, yeah, it is a garbage is food. There. It is a garbage food for garbage people. Eastern one so, or two. The Eastern, Papa John's literally makes me sick. The Eastern Kentucky uh, pizza buffet you're hitting, you're hitting the Giovanni's and Martin buffet. Oh, well, okay. If that oh, even yeah, exists no, there's anymore. no, yeah. I, I mm. Giovanni's you know what? And Martin, never left. I, 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 I would, I would have committed a double homicide and still be at that, still <laughs> yep. be at that. But like, mm, you'd catch my you'd, ass. Get that grease. Yep. You know what? Never left grease. during COVID, Chris. What? That buffet. <laughs> Did it never leave? <laughs> well, every other buffet shut down during COVID. I don't think that one did. Sure. That's where you'd find my ass. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I remember taking the kids wearing a masks and like it's middle COVID after a funeral or something. And like funeral homes had just opened back up. And there we were. At Giovanni's and Martin. Hot with a buffet. That buffet. Oh, God. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's. Look, for me, that is the one true Giovanni's. It's the closest one to me, and it's the greasiest one I can find. Closest one to us is in Lexington, and it hurts my soul. There is one in Lexington. I, oh, God, this this has been a night of everyone reminding me things I could try to order tomorrow for lunch. You could, you could get Giovanni's pizza. It could be in your stomach. It could be in my stomach, and I could be dying later that night. Do they still have that one in Ashland, or no? I don't know. Giovanni's is based out of Ashland. Really? Their corporate headquarters is Ashland. All I know is uh, one of our mm-hmm. managers uh, from my company owns the one in Mount Sterling. He's been trying to sell it for years. So every time I'm in Mount Sterling, I'm like obligated to get it. And I'm like, well, it doesn't hurt me. <laughs> I miss it. It's like, that's the <laughs> calling card. I mean, from- it hurts you. It hurts you a few hours later when oh yeah when it goes when it gets into your lower intestine and you're like oh no <laughs> yeah when it, it hits the lower intestine and you go oh I, I need to excuse myself <laughs> so it it's looks like, like oh can you hold it no there's too much grease that's gonna slide out like a <laughs> whereas back home I got is a I had Giovanni's they're like go ahead. <laughs> It looks like they're in six states right now, but um, if you go if you go through Ashland, um, that last little where you the the two roads like the bypass and the railroad reconnect again, yep. right there in that section is their corporate headquarters. You can see over to the right. Oh my gosh, but, in Ashland, but, That's Ashland. But yeah, nothing nothing at the time. Eric C. Khan getting caught in a in a Honduran Pizza Hut, like. Makes sense at, at that time. It makes sense, but at that time, I just remember like that thing blew up 
in in like the in 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 like the Facebook thing of of people I knew from back home. It was just like everyone going, "Oh my god, did you see this?" Yeah, and that just I love the fact that when even the guy from Wall Street Journal is like, "You could tell me Pillersdorf is CIA," and I would believe you <laughs> because Pillersdorf <laughs> was in was, Honduras. That he was in the same town the day that Khan got busted in Honduras. Oh. And the, yeah, that's oh. what he's like. You could tell me he's see under like undercover CIA, and I would believe you. It's like because the way these coincidences line up is unbelievable. Hubs Hubsy makes a point yeah. of uh, the manifesto. Is that? Oh my god! And I didn't realize it was a thing until like they they use it as like the Eric C. Khan Civil War letter reenactment. That's so, when you know who, who read that the original. manifesto. My sister told me that uh, Robbie is in this as in uh he was the villain in wolverine the oh, that, okay okay that, 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 okay uh, let's, let's i think he's the one who read the manifesto off and so it's like they actually got an eastern kentucky actor to do that i think if someone could like check the imdb um, so the person that introduces the manifesto though and talks about it the most is, is Khan's his own lawyer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, that, that's, that's the thing that the whole time that. makes me just feel a little skeezy. I'm like, I'm like, mm. when your lawyer's talking bad about you. Uh, although that said, uh, uh, I'm, I'm scrolling through the IMDb and like, I remember like the last episode is called I Never Left and you're just kind of like, I mean, honestly, at the time, if you'd said he had escaped and then just like went back into hiding somewhere, like everyone be like, yeah, no, he's, he gone. I was really hoping they were going to paint some light on some other things just to help the region, maybe. I was hoping they'd be like, oh, and, you know, today the Lincoln Memorial sits at the Middle Creek Battlefield. and Which is really weird every time I drive, ho- I drive home. Yeah, because you I just, see, I see it, it, I'm just like, it's towering why are you over, even here? It's towering over the embankment. <laughs> and you're yeah. like, okay. You know no one there likes it because it's no. all, like, full south turnout it's like even when pat quit like pat's no longer associated with it and he had to turn out for the north every time because they couldn't get more than two people to show up to be northern representation and the north's supposed to win the battle (laughs) six men against 400 yeah that's what and they they win (laughs) say they were against a full like battalion of artillery but these two northmen managed to win (laughs) So you all know I got this new cat, right? Yes. It's managed to find its way in between the the couch. So like, there's whistleblowers speak out in S. Sorry. You can lean back in the couch, and it can get its paws up between, like, behind, underneath, into your butt, (laughs) and it's now like getting up there and scratching. Like, get out of here. It's getting getting those deep places. Sorry, I was trying to read IMDb to try to find something, and then I just heard into your butt, and I'm like, oh, God, no. Uh, I do not see anything about uh, anyone named Robbie or Robert in the IMDb. That does not necessarily mean it's... Oh, there's a, oh sorry, Robert uh, girdling as the judge. No. And that's the only Robert there. Uh, I, I will say I did laugh at... Uh, uh, Eric's uh, 
the the lawyer I know that worked for Larry for Eric. That that's how I refer to him because I do not want to like call him out specifically like on our whatever. Uh, uh, I I kept laughing at the guy they had him for the reenactment because I went that doesn't even look remotely like the person you are literally cutting back to. Oh yeah. Like the reenactment bits of that, I'm just like, have you seen the people you're trying to portray? Yeah, Khan's reenactment actor, it looked like, oh, what's his he name? Lo- it, who always plays a villain. Um, he looks closer to um, a big fat baby head in Justified. Um, yes, him. That's yeah, exactly I, I, I'm saw that, and I was like, if you do the movie of. of he has to play Khan. Uh, of Eric C. Khan, I want that guy to play him. Yep. That seems to be what they thought when they were casting that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh. But yeah, that's we had to talk about it because that embroiled all of us and our whole region and generations. I could not stop that documentary once I started. Yep. I, knowing exactly where that ended, I just went... I can't stop. We, have, we were watching the episodes, and Brittany was like, well, I'm going to bed. And I was like, well, we're pretty much, I was like, the only progression to this is the next episode has to be the Pizza Hut. <laughs> yeah. Which is, I, I don't know, I felt bad for him at that point. Like, not for, you know, oh, he got caught after everything he did. I was like, he just wanted to, he wanted his soup. And as I looked at Brittany, I was like, so he even admitted, he get, he they took every dollar he had when he crossed the border into Honduras. And I was like, what did he do to get the money to go <laughs> to that Pizza Hut? He sucked some dick or something <laughs> to get the money to go to that Pizza Hut. And he, that's why he was like, can I finish my soup? And they're yeah. like, you can't even take it to go. And it's just like, that's the real slap in the face there is whatever he did to get that money. And he didn't even get his, you know, whatever at Pizza Hut, his soup and whatever else he got. It's like, oh, I mean, man. There, there is the potential that he decided he was planning on dining and dashing, but yeah, I get what you mean. <laughs> I've seen no, two articles I, so I have... far about where those chicks are now, and like, it it seems like they're they're jobless and just fighting the good fight on social media still. <laughs> I have to imagine that there is Khan still had connections back here for people sending him money. I mean, yeah, he he. He said that he, well, I mean, part of it was he was he's emailing back home and his like elusive whatever to to like say, send money, send money now. Yeah. And even Western Union stuff to you know Honduras pretty easily. Oh, I'm sure. Anyway, <laughs> we uh, we got that out of our system. I feel. Did we? I don't know. We could probably go for another few hours, but. We can, but I think we got enough out of our system that at least we don't have to do it in public. We can get a <laughs> couple more bottles of rosé. And... I, mean, I, I have another on, bottle of sake. I can go in there and get it. But I am on a triple IPA from Burial. No, Ooh. I was on a triple but, IPA as well, but not from Burial. By the way, they have a collaboration with Void. With, uh, uh, what? For, with, uh, not with Burial, sorry. There is a collaboration with Void with um, 
who is in town. It's someone in town, but it's for Craft Beer Week, and it's a it's an IPA, and it's called Rice Rice Baby. Oh yeah, um, Joe Rice. Joe Rice. Joe Rice. And also, yeah, and also, yeah, like they have his his face with a vanilla ice haircut as the the cartoon logo, but also they you know gave rice to people to use into their beer for an IPA. It's a good IPA actually. So. But I, I, sorry, the the name Rice Rice Baby popped up when you mentioned IPA. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway. Yeah. And also, yeah, that is the same guy as the cheese grater. Yep. Who steals a cheese grater? <laughs> is it really? Did, yeah, I didn't realize it was until Casey shared a link in, yep. in the chat, and I was like, I have a... You're right. So, the week... Before it, so it came out on a think a Friday night, um, may have been a Thursday night, but either way, the day before it came out, I showed the um, the preview to somebody in the office who apparently is a huge Who Steals a Cheese Grater fan. Like <laughs> they have T-shirts oh my made God. up. Wow. Of this guy. And she was like, that's him. That's him. And I was like, oh, okay. I did not know. Wow. So, uh, yeah. That's the same guy. But, I mean, that, that I'd tracks. i about that. The one, okay, so the one positive is, like, apparently all those people who were in the documentary that, you know, weren't pieces of crap uh, were at the premiere for uh, yep. the Apple TV Plus premiere nice. for the documentary. And... Like it showed, there's pictures of like those two women, and then like Ned and the Wall Street Journal guy, and the the dude, the cheese grater guy, apparently. Cheese so. grater guy. Hey, look, I'm very glad he got to get out of there because yeah. like it's just seems like a, a good time for him. Yeah. <laughs> He'll make a time wherever he is. <laughs> All right, kitty cat. It's a little warm underneath these sheets. Let's let's close this <laughs> off. We're after eleven. Yeah. We didn't do news, and it's after eleven. Because we can't stop we, talking. We uh, well, it's post show. It's not like it's. Yeah. It's fine. Look, look, a... We had to we had to get this out of our system. At some point, I'll watch um, Moon Knight. Moon Knight, and we can talk about that at some point. Oh but... yeah, beware that fifth episode because shit gets heavy. Mm-hmm. Like it's. I haven't I haven't started yet. I'm I'm thinking maybe this week, but we'll see. Like the uh, new rock stars, they're like no seriously, like they had to give out like hotline numbers where they're like if if you're considering you know self-harm or anything else or if you've experienced like please reach out to this because it's a heavy episode you're just like oh oh man yeah all right uh well i think that that should do us yeah the joke was uh someone needs to check in on uh what's his name he's over marvel Oh, uh, Feige, like, yeah. Has, Feige. Anyone, has anyone checked Feige? Is he okay? <laughs> he doesn't write everything. He's no. just there to kind of like look over and make sure it's like he, he's an editor. He he essentially makes the continuity work, like in comic book terms, anyway. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, yeah, we, we've got to wrap this up. Yeah. All right. I'll All see right. y'all later. All right. Love Bye. Peace, Bye. <laughs> that cat. That damn cat. That damn.